Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hey. 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 What's up? <laughs> this, is, this is Mike from Colorado. Yeah, it's Mike from Ontario. Oh, okay. How are you? I'm good. You? Not too bad, thanks. This is Mark from Atlanta. What are you saying? Same as you, man. <laughs> what, you just woke up too? <laughs> No, I've been working all day. Yeah, I saw your uh that thing I was asking you about the your conversation court clerk. Uh Mark. Oh. Yeah, what you saw it? Yeah, I saw it. it uh, you must work for a pizza place, huh? Yeah, I deliver pizza. What are you, is that a dash cam or a, a GoPro or something? <laughs> nah, that's my phone. Oh, oh. You just have a place to put it on the dash, huh? Yeah, I bought this thing off the internet that clamps it to the window. Oh, I see. I just figured yeah. I'd put some video against the audio from the watch. Yeah, that was thing. Uh, that 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 clerk lady was a a lawyer, huh, from England? <laughs> yeah, that's the yeah. I took that, I, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. Like a lot Very. of times, didn't know what to say. Did you see that, Mike? Well, over she here? Spoke- Go ahead, Mark. I think she spoke. I think she spoke the truth, which yeah. we don't get out of lawyers. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, she seemed like she's really nice too. Yes, very nice lady. Yeah, cool. Did you get to see that mic or hear it? I don't think so. No, where was that posted? Uh, yeah, On that. YouTube. You've heard oh. it. You've heard my audio, haven't you? Uh, is that the one where I was on? I don't know. Maybe was that the one I was on the phone with you when you went into the courthouse? Um, no, this is the one where uh, I went into the when I filed my claim with the clerk, and she told the the specific part was where. Uh, I asked her if I'm bound by those codes and statutes or whatever. Am I bound by that, I think I said. And she goes, well, that's... She said it's up to your person to decide? Yeah. Yeah, I heard you talk about it. I don't think I heard the actual audio, but... Oh, okay. Let me me find it. I'll post it into the chat. 
Yeah, well, I live in Hillbillyville. I can't even, I can never get on the chat rooms anymore. I have to do it by phone. I just don't have enough, uh, I guess, so-called bandwidth to be able to get on the computer. Yeah, I heard uh, Skype and TalkShoe are two big resource hogs for your computer. Oh, is that really true? Yeah. Well, I used to be able to get on like about four or five months ago. And uh, here recently, the last couple of months, I can't even, it just keeps, you know, failure to uh, connect or something. I try that about 15 times and just won't come up anymore. What are you, stealing your friend's internet, your neighbor? <laughs> That's what I used to do. I uh, I went and got one of those range booster things, and uh, I kind of got internet, but kind of not good enough. So I went right. and got this, uh, like, uh, apple juice can, and I cut uh-huh. a little hole in it, and I put the antenna inside the uh, coffee can, so it's, like, a more directional kind of funnel right. yeah, waves or whatever, and it seemed to work. Uh-huh. No, he's too, they're too far away to do that. I have to go sit in the car or something over there. I'm, I don't, I can't see his being any better than this. They're surrounded by mountains over there, hills and stuff. Yeah, I don't know what, I don't know, maybe call HughesNet and see if I can get it bumped up or something. But, you know, we've had like two or three different ones around here and they all suck. (laughs) At Verizon, we've had, tried AT&T, we've tried, um, what was that one called? What was that other one called we had before HughesNet? No, no, not the, not the, I'm talking about for the internet. Wild, yeah, Wild Blue. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's kind of the downside of living in, in, uh, in the mountains, in a rural area. Can't even get a landline up here. <laughs> Which I don't think anybody uses it anymore anyway. But. Anything uh, new with your crazy neighbor? No, no, nothing. No, I'm kind of waiting to hear from the county, see what they're gonna, see what they're gonna pull. So no, no, I'm glad. I've been, I've been pretty much. Um, quiet. Yeah, it's kind of good that he's somebody else's problem, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're just going to stay away. No, it's been too long. 
Yeah, and I, I got two puppies. Well, they're not puppies. They're a year old now, and they they like to run around. We have a lot of animals around here, so I just got to make sure that they don't go anywhere near the road because I'm sure he wouldn't hesitate to run over them. But God help him if he God help him if he does. <laughs> That's all I can say. Yeah, hopefully he gets his and you don't have to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. So what's new with you guys? Anything? I saw I was watching the chat, that guy, somebody was going uh kind of similar to Mark, I guess, got caught with some pot and growing it or something. Yeah. Yeah, I uh I went on Skype for a couple of minutes. I kind of read through it real quick. I uh, I remember some of his story. I don't remember all of it, though. No. What's happened with yours, Mark? Is he gone? Um, well, I pled guilty. I mean, uh, no low contender or whatever, same thing. Um, and I'm on probation. Oh, and really? I talked to Carl. I talked to Carl on the show. I don't know if you guys heard it um, one day, and I asked him, you know, what what to write to uh, amend this contract. I wrote that. I sent it off. I, know. I got a letter in the mail last Thursday for a court date today. I called on Thursday evening um, afternoon and changed the court date to the 26th, which is two weeks. So I'm going back to court on the 26th, and right now I'm in the middle of uh, writing a letter to the the man in the black robe, black dress, cross-dresser, the woman, whatever. <laughs> it's really a guy, but every time I uh, tell Carl it's a guy, he talks like it's a girl, so I like to emulate that a little bit. <laughs> calls her, he calls him a she because uh, they dress in robes. Right. Uh, or dresses, whatever you want to call it. Oh. Yeah, well, uh, is Carl okay? I tried to get on the call, and I guess there was no call on Saturday, huh? Yeah, he's good. He's busy. Uh, I haven't talked to him. He didn't answer my call today. I don't know what he's doing. Oh. Did he meet up with Ports the other day? I do not know. I don't know, nothing's really new with me. So what's going on with John that John Falls is going to court tomorrow for his for what's he what's he going to court for? It's tax tax something, I don't know what it is. Hmm. He talked about it on previous calls, so
hopefully Gus will go over there and help him, be able to help him. I think he's just going to drive him there. I think John's been studying on his own. Um, as far as I know. Yeah, he's a pretty sharp guy every time I've heard him. Oh, yeah. I talked to him last week. I think he's already got one of the charges dropped. So he was thinking that they were going to drop the rest of them, but they haven't. Yeah. See what he's made of, huh? I don't know what it's about. I know it's a trial. So you guys have what, about 7.30 where you're at? dinner time going on around here. <laughs> Hopefully I'm not being rude and you guys can hear me chewing. No. That's so what did they do? They scheduled John's trial for 10 days? Something like, something like that. Which is probably going to be like five days or eight days of, is a man or woman going to come and verify that? Do you have any evidence to that? Is there a claim? Yeah, I don't know. They don't have a witness for anything. Aren't all the witnesses IRS agents? Here's some uh, notes I took while I was listening to something. Um, I have not been presented with any evidence or material fact demonstrating that I have done any harm. I have not been presented with any law that I have breached or trespassed upon. I have not been presented with material facts that I have uh, harmed another man or woman. I have not been presented with any material facts that I've breached a contract or trespassed, you know, upon. So it's, uh, it's, I don't know. When, uh, when John's done with this thing, uh, we will definitely hear more, I'm sure. Hey, Ron's on. Did you uh, did you talk to Carl the other day? 
John still has, I think Beep just typed, does John have a Ferretta hearing coming up? I thought that would have been done already. No, they never had a Ferretta hearing. They tried to do it over the phone. Wasn't that the calendar call? Or is that the same thing? Yeah, I think so. Because I remember John talking about um, about how he put a notice of mistake and a notice of whatever it was the nature of the parties, whatever that notice was called, where he was saying, uh, who's the defendant, who's John Fall, who's this, who's that. And they panicked and flew some big shot down from Washington to have a Ferretta hearing. I thought all that already happened. No, they didn't. Hmm. I don't... I don't believe they ever had that hearing. They flew somebody in from Washington. He must have them pretty nervous, huh? Yeah, John. Uh, yeah. John's done quite a few things in that case. He's put so many hurdles in front of them. They probably hate him. No. Yeah, he got, uh, was it at least one of the prosecutors to recuse himself, didn't he, by filing a claim? Yep. Wow. Yeah, every time I've heard that guy, he seems like he really knows what he's doing. Yeah, he's nuts. He goes to research something, and he will not stop till he finds it. Yeah, he's been uh, he's been studying law stuff for a long time. Actually, he's been fighting this case for a long time. And studying for a long time. Yeah, well, you got to hand it to him. Pretty sharp. Yeah, we can hear you eating. (laughs) Oh, potato chips, sorry. (laughs) about ready to jump into a pickle here too (laughs) excuse me for my rudeness yeah so so you guys how long you guys been doing this stuff Um, sounds like both of you have been into that other free man or whatever else that other crap is that doesn't work and then they and then you uh, guys found Carl and had to unlearn all the stuff that you learned. 
Yeah, luckily That's I didn't the... learn a whole bunch of the free man and sovereign stuff. I uh it's kind of funny when I first started researching lies, I did a lot of uh listening to lawyers talk and reading lawyer documents and stuff. And I kind of found I guess it was probably Dean Clifford, one of the first few I heard. But I uh never got on got stuck on anyone for too long, but I went through like Dean Clifford, Robert Menard, uh Gordon Hall, a few others, but I never got stuck on anyone for too long. Just kinda blasted through their information and moved on. Well, I guess I was lucky because I just kind of found Carl. I was kind of just kind of going through and somehow found Angela's sites, and I I listened to a couple of people on hers, and you know I'm talking just for a week, you know, a few weeks, and then when I when I heard Carl, I I thought, man, this sounds exactly what I've always felt like I've known and. And uh, so I guess I don't have to unlearn too much. Yeah, it's kind of funny. When I first found out about common law, I immediately knew that that common law made more sense and it was a lot easier. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I researched a little bit of common law here and there, and then I heard Carl on Angela's call. I almost fell off my chair. Holy yeah, I, shit, this is what I was looking for. This is how simple it's supposed to be. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty much how I felt when I first heard it. How about you, Mark? Do you have to unlearn a bunch of stuff? No. I uh, I found Carl just as I began researching, uh, well, listening to Angela um, Angela's calls, and there was a little bit right at the end of Dean Clifford. Carl came on with uh, Little Bill, and they started talking about, you know, you guys use this stuff, you're going to make more work for me. And uh, I just sh- stopped everything and been listening to him ever since. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely uh, amazing stuff. Yeah, it kind of makes sense to me to, uh, when you're faced with a situation, just, just cut it down to the bare bones, see what exactly the problem is, where the problem started. No presumptions, no nothing. Just, just take it literally for what it is. Right. Strip it down to just the basics. What is the problem, and why did it start? Where did it start? How did it start? Yeah. Yeah, like peeling a small onion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, I think presumption's a big part of it. We open mail and read a letter, and we fill in the blanks, and we think we know exactly what they're saying and what they're doing. 
once you take all the presumption out and just read the words that they actually put on the paper, realize they don't actually say anything. Right. Right. Yeah, that's, that's that's true. Like you know, what Carl said is so simple it's stupid. Just read all kinds of stuff into the into their uh, paperwork or whatever. Yeah, I think that's one advantage I have is. Uh... I've always been a smart ass and I've always questioned authority. I think it's two uh two good traits to have. Oh. Yeah. Cause you sound like you're being a smart ass. You're asking very plain simple questions, but nobody actually realizes that they're actually really important questions. Right. Yeah, they're not in both questions. You know, it's all it's like you say, it's all that stuff that's been shaved off down to the down to the minimum. And mm-hmm. uh, they just want to complicate it. Whether they're doing that on purpose or not doesn't, you know, make any difference, but you know, when you get it pared down, it is what it is and it's that simple. Well, the reason they add so much crap into their letters and they make everything so vague and confusing is because they can't come right out and say, I order you to pay me $5,000 or I'm going to throw you in jail. Right. So they got to find another way to say all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Part of it is by leaving information out or leaving it all fuzzy so you get to put the pieces in and you get to interpret what they're trying to say. Right. Jump to your own conclusion, jump off your own cliff. Mm-hmm. Which is why I like writing very plain, simple, basic letters back. Be very general and let them let them say whatever they want. Let them hang themselves. Yeah, just that it makes me laugh just hearing Carl with his two word lawsuits, so what and what debt. Yeah. Yeah, I I find it funny just the thought of writing a letter, greetings, Bob, thank you for your letter, what do you wish that I do? Just leave it wide open, let Bob step in his own pile. Yeah, Yeah, I I don't know what call I was listening to, something about somebody trying to get a claim in, and it's like, you know, it just seemed like they didn't understand. They just need to close their mouth and, you know, if you can't get in with their paperwork, just, you know, put something in there, anything, and then you just change it after you get it in. That mm-hmm. uh, seems pretty simple and seems like a lot of people want to make that difficult. It's unfortunate. Well, they, they, they have all different kinds of tricks, though. 
Because even if you file a claim, they give you a claim number and everything, you go and change it, you start filing your rules and your notices and everything else, and everything's all served correctly, and then they either dismiss it, convert it to a complaint, or the newest trick, they just send it back. No. I don't know, a lot of people have gotten pretty close, but... I think what it really boils down to is uh, finding a way to force the clerks to do their job, force the judges to stick to their job, keep the prosecutor in his little box. Yeah, I, I imagine they're probably on to a lot of that stuff. Yep. I mean, trying to keep it out of their uh, their realm. Well, it's what they do all day, every day. It's their job. They're trained. They're experienced. You pin them down, they're going to find a way to wiggle out. Right. Yeah, you never get a straight answer from them. Anytime, you just never get a straight answer. Yeah, I imagine that's probably the hardest thing because you know you can't you can't get your anything heard, and then I guess you can get yourself in trouble going after the the judge who ultimately ultimately makes the decision about you know what's happening. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a strange situation, I think, because. Uh... A lot of times it's the clerks, the clerks of the court that are trying to block you from getting your paperwork in. And the judges are not exactly being fair and impartial in the courtrooms. And the problem is, is you have to be nice and polite with the clerks because they're the ones that are going to either let your paperwork through or give you a hard time. And you have to be polite to the judge because he's the referee and he's the only one that has the power in the courtroom to help you. Right. Yeah. So, so it's really nice to him. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of like a, a big pain in the ass because the biggest roadblocks are the ones that are also your best friends, which is right. why you can't go being a dick when you walk into the courthouse. Right. And I know it's uh, easier said than done, but that's also why I'm a big fan of uh, sending the letters out, asking the proper questions, and trying to trying to squash everything before it even goes to court. Right. Right. Because there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of remedy in their courts. No, they're built for that. <laughs> That's the whole reason they exist, and they'll try to protect that as long as they can. Because it's an industry. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I think family court's probably the ones that uh, generate the most money. Yeah.
Yeah, well, we don't have anything to do with that. You know, we're, our kids are kind of long gone. Um, but I kind of feel bad for some of these people that I hear on the calls that are trying to get their kids back and how unfair those people play. You know, I think uh, I think when a few a few more people wake up and a few more of us are uh, jumping on board and getting their paperwork in and stuff, I think hopefully we'll start breaking through. But the more people that get involved, the more people that are filing paperwork, the more uh, the more they're going to have a hard time sticking their fingers in the hole of the dam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd also be nice to get some help from the from the so called uh, media, but you know, they're not gonna Yeah, Rockefeller doesn't want this getting out. No. No. Yeah, it seems to be uh, mostly a few big main roadblocks that are hard to get past. Yeah, I don't know. Has Carl done any movement on his stuff yet, or is he just kind of biding his time? Or I haven't heard him talk about it. Anyway. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think he's in any big hurry to move on that yet. Yeah, his case uh it's a little more complex than the average case. Right. Yeah, and he's dealing with a uh part of the country that is probably the most corrupt <laughs> at least you know history shows that and you know even the the media presents that and has for a long time that's the the American South is you know they're still fighting the Civil War I think and um, they do things hey, I, got a, I got a question can I read my letter that I got so far? Yep. Yeah, dear Bob, greetings. I man believe you are a man that sometimes acts in the capacity of a judge at the local county courthouse. I believe the government of Georgia and corporate subdivisions exist to secure rights and protect property of man. I no longer wish to bear the burden of the title defendant. Said burden is a causal source of harm to I I, man, by way of loss of property and an accruable financial loss. I believe no man or woman claims I cause harm, injury, or loss, breach a contract, or that a verifiable debt is true, post-due and owing. I seek and require forgiveness of any debt to society which I may owe. Um, the next line, a written response within 10 days. Um, I'm trying to figure out how to put that in there really nice. 
something along the lines if uh, I do not receive a response within 10 days, I will consider this matter discharged or something. Okay. Um, do not. What's another? Instead of having like, isn't that like a, I don't know, I do and then I not. <laughs> it. What's another term for, or another way to write that? Um, or should I ask to receive a written response, and then if I don't receive one, send another letter? <laughs> Well, I got, you know, 14 days till court, so I'm trying to get get this in there. Or should I even put that? Should I just stand on this paperwork in court? Uh, and then if the prosecutor, if the prosecutor doesn't, he's going to be the only one on the other side. If he doesn't want to go through with this, you know, he says, no, no, no. I'm like, would I just say, uh, are you... You know, do you do you mean to cause harm to man? Is it your wish to continue to harm I a man? Yes. Yeah, I thought of that one too. Maybe if I receive no response within 10 days? But I didn't ask for a response. So I seek a response or what did I put last time? Um, yeah, but why do you have to ask for a response? If I don't receive a response, we're done here. I can't, nah, I can't do that. Why not? Because I can't just leave it open in the air, then I'll be guessing the whole time. Well, I wonder if they discharged it, you know? <laughs> yeah, but what if you ask for a response and you don't get one? Then you're still going to be I, guessing. I have yet to do that. I have yet to not get a response, but when I ask for one. I put, on the last one, I put a swift response. Um, I seek a swift response or something. I can't remember what I put. Let me look in the chat. Or no, let me look. I would just ask for the same thing again. I mean, you know, a swift response. Yeah. been getting responses of all your other stuff. I don't see why they wouldn't respond to that one. Before you have to go to court. 
that, please? Thank you. Yeah, I'm still not too sure what I think about the whole the requiring forgiveness. Well, they're my servants, so what would demand? Which well, one I don't know. It's just the whole idea of uh, like I get it that they're a corporation and that they can't cause harm to a man, but if you owe me ten bucks and you're supposed to pay me today, and then you come up to me today and say, yeah, about that 10 bucks I owe you, I uh, require you forgive me of the debt, so I don't owe you anything. See ya. I'd be like, what? Right, because, because you're because a corporation. Yeah, I know, but it's just like pretty much you you forgave yourself whether they like it or not. It just, it's I don't know, it's a bit of a strange concept. Would you demand your lawnmower forgive you? Or your maid? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, I, I had the same thing in my uh, closing argument. You know, uh, the group. Everybody. And Carl Chuck, yeah. he's like, you know, why are you asking them forgiveness? They're your, your public servants. They're they're a tool. You know, they're... You're, yes, you, my point is, instead of Instead of, I don't know, it's it's kind of like forgiving yourself in a way, but instead of ordering them or requiring them to forgive you, just require the the matter be discharged or settled. Like, I don't know if that's a, a proper place to be using forgiveness. Yeah, I like, I'm not going to order you to forgive me. I'm just going to tell you we're done here. It's causing me a problem. Yeah. Go stuff your little deal. Was that Ports? Yeah. You see? Did you see we, Carl this weekend? Yeah, he brought up your, your letter on his phone, and he was talking about it, and he said uh, the government of Georgia literally, you know, literally means to to govern Georgia. So uh, reading your letter, it made absolutely, you know, the context, it, it absolutely, it made no sense to, he was like, okay, yeah, next case, the judge is going to look at that and say, you know, so he's, he's talking about writing you something else or, or helping you. But um, when we went to breakfast, when we went to breakfast this morning, everything was frozen. The roads were all frozen. And he lives down a dirt road, so. Ow, oh, my cat just frickin' clawed me. Get up here. Um, yeah, I've been down that dirt road many times. Yeah, but uh, it's all frozen, so he's he says he's pretty much got to be sitting in the house with nothing to do but, but helping people, so. I don't know what your time frame is, but he's, he's coming to the rescue. Oh, cool. Thanks, man. You, you knew uh, Jimmy then down the road? Yeah, yeah. That that mess is uh, just about over with. They foreclosed this morning, or yeah, Monday morning. So all the cars and backhoes, everything are cleaned up and out of there. So Carl, 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 
Oh, wow. But I'm sure you know why that happened. Yeah. Yeah. So. Let us in why. What's that? Let us know, under, understand why. The guy was dishonorable. Yep. Carl doesn't, Carl doesn't help dishonorable people. Was that because was that because Jimmy wouldn't offer to pay any? Anything. Not only that, but Anything. there were several different several different instances. He got his truck, you know, basically for for three grand, a thirty thousand dollar truck for three grand, and then he turned around and uh 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 borrowed money against it for, you know, ten grand or something. So now he's got a ten thousand dollar payment on a it, it just doesn't make any sense. The guy's just out to get whatever he can get. And, you know, Carl's been over backwards for him for uh, a couple different times, and he's just done. And he could be, he could save the house, you know, tomorrow if he wanted to, but he's not going to do it for somebody that's just going to turn around and put another mortgage on it and, and, you know, pull more money out of somebody else. It was a good visit. We ate a lot. <laughs> that guy could that guy could pack away some uh, scrambled eggs. I tell you what. Oh yeah, he's a hell of a How character. How dogs, man? They're good. He's got uh, he's got Jimmy's dog, and uh, uh, Carl's oh, sister wow. was up. Carl's sister was up for a little while. He's a cool, smart dude. And uh, took the took the puppy. The little girl. Mm-hmm. And I think he's got five cats inside right now. So. Isn't it beautiful out there, man? Oh, man. You get to the end. And it, I, the first thing I said when I stepped out is, like, this is so peaceful. You know? Did you, uh, did you look out at the stars at night? <laughs> well, we, we stayed back towards Lexington uh, in a hotel. Oh, okay. Overnight, yeah. But actually, well, I mean, we did, when we got there, let's see, we left at four four thirty in the morning from New Jersey. We got down there like around eleven. We met him for uh, uh, lunch, and then we ran out. You know, moved a bunch, moved the Camaro. We had to bleed the brakes on the Camaro. Uh, bring the Camaro over to his house. The backhoe, the trailers. Oh my God, that cat! Have you seen that? Come here, take a bite. That's a short bag. Thank you, baby. I'm talking. I know. No, thank you. Um, just cleaning up everything, trying to get all of Carl's stuff out of that uh, garage before they foreclosed. And then he had a truck full. What, baby? I love you too. I'm talking. Um, I'll be right back. Yes, I wonder where Carl's going to work on his cars now. Doesn't he have a carport? Yeah, he's talking about building a some kind of uh, carport. Some something he could just 
you know, not permanent. I think he's still renting something, but I, I don't know. Well, I could help do that, but God, he's about three days' drive from me. Yeah, he's renting where he lives, so he can't really build anything permanent there. Oh, oh, I see. It's not, it's not his. I see. You can get those, uh, those big tents or, um, or uh, removable shed type garages. Yeah. He can at least build something that he can tear down, you know, before he goes. Yeah. But. Yeah, I think they have those uh, plastic things that you can, you know, they have those aluminum trusses in them and you can uh, cover that, you know, cover it and uh, and then like stake it down to the ground. Mm-hmm. You probably make one of those and get a big old tarp. Just replace the tarp every couple of years. After it rots out, we did that with our hay. We're at in Jersey. You live in farmland. No, I'm in Colorado. Oh, okay. Never mind. I thought you were. Never mind. I got it mixed up. No, we're a long ways away from there. How much snow you got out there? Hey, What's hey, Ron. So you were saying Carl's truck was full of something? Oh, it's just laundry. We sat there and did laundry until like four o'clock in the morning, and uh, oh, well. I was up for twenty-four hours. I finally got back to the to the room and crashed, and then woke up and had breakfast. You know, ran out there and picked him up and and had breakfast. But the whole time, I mean, he's he's a hell of a character. I mean, he's he's got a story for everything, and and, and it like uh, solidifies the theory, you know. But yeah, but he's he's genuine. I can say that uh, he's got the biggest heart of anybody I've I've met, and uh, he's just honest, unhonorable. Yeah. That that's. Uh, The one thing is, is he, he did say that, uh, you know, his characteristics are he'll he'll hit it hard. He's going to do it until he's got it down pat and right, and then he's going to drop it, and he ain't going to never look at it again. So if any of us are interested, we need to pick up the ball and keep running with it because I mean, he's uh, he's losing interest. I can't believe he's still doing his talk shoe call. I thought he was done almost a year ago. I kind of brought up uh, the, you know, uh, chronological series of events. What happens now? What do you do then? And and he's like, well, if you if you spoon feed people and you give them, you know, a remedy, then they're never going to seek it. And uh, you know, it, it's like uh, if, if 
know, you inherited a million dollars, you 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 never appreciate it. If you don't fight right. for it, you're you're never gonna earn it. Hopefully people have been sending him money, huh? Keep him going. That man lives the most meager lifestyle I've ever seen of anyone. Me too. He feeds feeds his animals better than he feeds himself. And uh, I don't have any, I I can't think of anything bad to say about the man. You know, uh, not that I was looking, but I mean, he's, No, but are people helping him? I mean, are they sending him money like, you know, like he's, you know, other people have mentioned money and... I know what I've sent. It's a a drop in the bucket. Yeah, but 200, 300 people sending him five bucks, you know, that... That adds up and helps him out, huh? Yeah, well, five out of those two, three hundred people actually do hit the send button. Yeah, that's 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 too bad. That's dishonorable, right there. I know I was guilty of it in the beginning. I was just listening to the YouTube, and I didn't even know he had a talk shoot going, and. Uh, I must have gone three or four months just just listening to hours and hours of the t- of the uh, YouTube videos. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I you know I did I did the same thing and felt the same way and sent him some money to make up for that and we'll continue to. It definitely goes for a good cause, not only, you know, for him, his time and effort, which is uh, astounding to me how much time and effort he's put into it, and then to share it all. Yeah. Uh, But all in all, it was a great trip down. It's starting to freeze up here. Got a little bit of snow on the ground, but just all sheet ice. In fact, uh, this, this morning down there, we were going, and, you know, the, the shortcut that Mark took across over the mountain? Yeah. Through the uh, through the little creek bed? Yeah. That was just solid ice. Couldn't even get anywhere. Huh. You got four-wheel driving chains, or you guys driving cars? Fly. We had a Jeep Cherokee that was four-wheel drive, and his truck's four-wheel drive. But once you get on the ice and you're on a hill, you just start sliding, you know, sideways, backwards, and if you don't have much control of where you're sliding to. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah. So, like I said, he's going to be sitting in the house. You know, his mind never stops, so. I think, I think personally he's going to pop out the DVDs and, and, and call it quits. 
Yeah, I've heard that come out of his mouth a few times. <laughs> Where's That'll be those, his last. Where's those Indiana DVDs? He talked about those too. I think Gus has got them. I think well, he's, he's got Gus. them. Yeah, he's got them. It's just they, the sound sucks, and uh, it's not really any specific. You know, it's not the way he wasn't expecting to to do something like that when he got there. You know, to make it for the mass audience, so he just made it. Um, for people who were sitting there. Um, and he wants to make a whole new set. Specifically, this is how this is done. You know, this is how this is, this is how this goes. This is, categorize them in a way, make a whole new thing. With, you know, with the board behind him and he's, as he's drawing. He can do that himself. You know, just, uh, with his with his phone, put his phone on a tripod and just hit record. But the thing is, is like if he puts it on YouTube, nobody's gonna send him a dime, you know. And so he wants to somehow, I'm sure, market it to where he can at least, you know, make a little something off the his efforts. Yeah, I was wondering. I I heard him on. I think it was Angela's call. There were some people, I think, in New York or something that were kind of complaining that they got taken off the air or something like that, and they have, you know, they do yeah. radio shows and all that. Those, yeah. those are the people that could help him. I don't, I'm really surprised that they haven't, because, you know, I know that he's obviously been able to help them, gave them some good information, and, and uh, you know, those people are right in that business. That's, uh, I haven't heard anything about them since or anything or haven't heard them on the calls, but uh, those kind of people could definitely help him do that. Well, I don't know if, you know, whatever they do, they do. It's uh, somebody, <laughs> somebody can help him, you know, help him make those DVDs. It's just whenever he, he's been busy now that it's, now that it's freezing up for the winter, we'll see what he does. Yeah. I've thought about going back up there, but it's uh too hard to get away right now. Yeah. That little Honda never make it down the hill. <laughs> where, where where do you come? No. Oh, you're in Mark. Oh, I'm in Atlanta. Yeah, when it when it snowed out here last year, my Honda, I, I did great, man. That thing just went all over Atlanta, up and down hills. I was I had no problem. But my tires since then have been changed and I got these tires from Germany that go on a BMW and they suck. They yeah. they're slippery in the rain. I thought they were going to be good tires because, you know, yeah, I forgot what kind they are, but they they go on the the BMWs out of Germany, and uh, I bought them used, and they suck. I got to go back to the Dunlop that came with the the car. Yeah. Well, you find that too, even with the Chevy, the uh, stock tires are uh, are poor quality when they come with the car when you buy it off the lot. 
Yeah, these were great. The the tires that I got off a lot, um, you know, brand new car. It snowed at February. I mean, I went around and uh, I hooked up a rope with my one of my good friends to the back of the car. Had a makeshift like ski rope and uh, took apart a 42 inch flat screen TV. Used the back of it as a sled, and my buddy sat in that, and I pulled him around a a high school or a middle school parking lot sliding around in the snow <laughs> and uh, i got video that i just haven't posted yet i gotta post it up it's it's pretty cool um and then one of my other friends he got stuck down on the other side of the chattahoochee river north in north atlanta and uh that that weekend it snowed hard rose he had a four-wheel drive truck and he couldn't he couldn't get home so i drove to the river walked up the other side on the on the road on roswell road Met him. We walked back down to my car, got my car, and I drove him home. Had no problem. Um, just drove past everybody that was stuck. It was, uh, it was pretty cool. Yeah, it's front-wheel drive. Yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. No. Yeah, but... You got um, a trim, trim kit on that, uh, on that car? Yeah, I got trim. But it wasn't. It was ice. It wasn't snow. It was just ice, so it wasn't plowing through any snow. Like literally, the National Guard got called out that weekend um, because there were over like a thousand cars stuck on Highway 400. It it started icing up at like four o'clock p.m. on a Friday. Everybody, it was no like nobody called. You know, on the nobody called it. It just happened. And everybody's driving home in bumper-to-bumper traffic, and all of a sudden just ices up. And uh, I couldn't go anywhere. <laughs> so driving up 400, coming back home, and there's just cars on the side of the road just stuck everywhere. Um, it was the next day, actually, I went out. And uh, the National Guard was rescuing people because they slept in their car all night. Um, the guy I work with, he was going home that night on 400, and. Uh, his somebody ran into him. He ran into somebody else, you know, on the ice, and his car got really, really fucked up. But uh, he had to pay for it himself because when there's a national emergency and the National Guard gets called out, insurance will not cover. You're on your own, huh? Yep, you're on your own when there's a national emergency. You better not go anywhere if you think you're going to get into any kind of accident. Do they have any places around there that sell chains or even those little cables you can put on your car? If they would, you couldn't get there. Huh. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, Walmart may have stuff like that. We don't have any, like, places for snow or anything like that, you know? It, I guess the salt trucks didn't even get called out because they didn't know it was going to ice up. Yeah. No. Yeah, that might be behoove a lot of people in that part of the world to, I guess, order that stuff online because I, you know, I don't think they're that much the chains or the cables, but they would definitely make a difference in in that kind of condition because you know, yeah, there's nothing going to move unless you have some kind of iron touching the, you know, hitting the pavement or the ice for that matter. 
just a small suggestion. It's always good to be prepared. Hello? Hello? Oh, okay, I thought it clicked off. Of course, I'm sure that all you Canadians, Mike, have all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, you guys yeah we got all kinds of stuff about snow up here. Yeah. Yeah, so do we. Yeah, well, we have like a, a, a national emergency with like snow and ice. We just uh, we we set our uh, our sleeping bags right in the snow blank. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we don't need chains for our dog sleds. Right. That's right. <laughs> it's a long snowshoe into town. Yeah. I've always got my trusty knife with me, so I can make an igloo anywhere. <laughs> well, we've had quite a bit of snow just the last week. It's been it's been caking pretty good. What do we got? About three feet, three four feet. Wow. Yeah. Considering it was a uh, it was green Christmas, but now we got to all this crazy snow. Hmm. And cold. Yeah, we live pretty close to a lot of most of the ski areas, and and uh, we've had a lot of snowstorms. We but we only have about two or three inches uh, sitting. But when you look in the paper, you know, in Aspen and Vale and all those places have uh, 40 inches of snow. They got three feet, but you know they started making it in November, so I'm sure a lot of that is uh, fake snow. We haven't had too much, although we're supposed to be getting some tonight, like three to six. But every time they say like three to six, we usually get like uh, one to two <laughs> in one of those years. But you know that can all change overnight, just like where you guys are at. You know, wake up one morning and you got a foot and a half of snow sitting there. So sorry I missed the uh, the first hour or so. When did the call start, Mike? Uh, just before seven thirty, I think. Okay, okay. So it's about an hour. The, the, any any juicy bits that I missed in the previous hour? I apologize. Uh, uh, I, I wish to be here, but I I'm so damn tired. Yeah, we didn't really talk about a whole lot. Talked about uh Mark's letter a little bit. Oh, okay. And Ron says uh well Ron was with Carl. He's gonna uh he was bashing my letter. <laughs> Specifically I guess the part where it reads, I believe the government of Georgia and corporate subdivision exist to secure the rights and protect property of man. Right. And there's probably some other parts I'm sure. Yeah, but that's Carl, right? Keep it simple. Probably be what, one sentence long, one question. I got fifteen sentences. <laughs> yeah, it, it's 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 that or one thing that when, when you feel like you're, 
you're desperate to do something, right? You tend to want to throw everything at it. Well, what's the definition of a sentence when there's a period, right? Yes. So I haven't used the period yet. I just got a bunch of semicolons. So it's it's one sentence. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Ten words or less? No. <laughs> Let's see. One, two, three, four, five. Oh, yeah. Probably like 60 words, 80 words. Let's see. That's 15, 30. It's on one. one on but did Carl did Carl give you direction on what you you should uh uh remove or add? Did did you get a hold yeah. of him there? Yeah. No, I haven't talked to him. But I got direction earlier, I just I have become a moron. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's really easy to 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 uh go in multiple directions. You know, when you have one set goal and you're there for one purpose. You know, you're asking for something, right? You're asking what you want and the reason why you want it. And that's it. We've got several people on the board tonight. I guess they got the memo that the, the show has been moved to two, uh, to Monday rather than Tuesday. Anybody else have any questions? Or I think everybody's going through withdrawals because there was no call on Saturday. Oh. There is a ton of Carl out there. Yep. You don't need to get it straight straight from his uh you know mouth live on stage. He's got plenty of material already in circulation. I've been finding out the fact too that going back to old material that you thought you had already covered and you uh and you catch all those extra things that you didn't quite notice before. Is, uh, is very interesting. Like uh, when I first started doing this process and I just took a, 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 a read through the charter and uh, I didn't see any any type of uh, information that could be used that would be helpful except for something about witnesses and uh, perjury. But after I go back to it and start actually paying attention with to what's being said, there's actually quite a bit of stuff on there that if you uh, you know what's being said, you know, uh, corroborates pretty much what Carl's talking about, on, you know, trampling on rights that exist. So, you know, I'm pretty sure in six months from now I'll find more stuff.
So did did Carl tell you why he didn't have a show on the weekend there, Mark? Ron? Anyone? Well, when I when I went there, Carl didn't want to do the show. He's like, "You're here. Let's not do the show." And uh, he didn't care, you know, because when he's got company or somebody that's coming over to help him, he basically he thinks it's it, it is disrespectful to you know just ignore that person, ignore that man who came over to meet you and help you out and do something else. But uh, I was kind of like, yeah, we got you got to do a show, man. <laughs> So I understand why he didn't do it. He had company over, right? Whatever happened to uh, to Bali? Haven't heard from him in a while. Uh, you miss him? <laughs> miss everybody. <laughs> Any information that's pertinent or that could be helpful. Of course I would wish I would wish to listen. I'd rather hear Carl. Yeah. Well of course. I'd rather listen to an older show than listen to Bali. Yeah. But it's just, it's just kind, of, like kind it. of the fact that people kind of show up every week that they, they want to listen. Yeah, I don't know what it is with those guys from the UK. I don't know if it's because the phone's expensive overseas or what, but the sound quality is crap. Like when Bali talks, when Mo talks, and even that Bops a lot guy, I don't know what it is. When they're talking, I can't hear them. Yeah, me too. The sound is always really tinny or echoey, and they always seem to be quiet. Yeah. So do you guys remember me uh, talking about this, uh, getting into a business with my buddy uh, who bought a a paint machine? Yep. Well, I'm starting tomorrow on uh, practicing painting with this machine. Okay. Big cars or houses? Um, neither. It's a uh, graffiti. <laughs> it makes things shiny and colorful. Like uh, I can take a PlayStation controller or uh, a cell phone case. Um, your rims on your car, your intake manifold, your your girlfriend or wife's uh, high heel shoe, um, and I can make it shiny and colorful, or just straight up chrome color, gold, whatever. Oh. Um, yeah. That's it's, uh, it's a fucking awesome machine. We're going to be rolling with it tomorrow. 
practicing. I'm bringing, I'm breaking down my uh, bass guitar. I'm going to bring the body and uh, the hardware and uh, see what I can do with that. Like a clear coat thing? No, it's kind of like chrome. Oh. Okay. Yeah, it's really cool. So uh, makes things shiny, and uh, people like shiny things. We get dazzled by them. <laughs> yeah, like fish, huh? <laughs> yeah, they shine. You know, lures. Yeah, I mean, you see a yeah in the woods, and you see a beer can. You're gonna look at it because it's shining off the sun, or. Yep. Uh, you know, you look up at the night, you see the star, it's shining, so you're going to look at it. We like oh. shiny objects. I you know, found an old tackle <laughs> about 15 years ago that we still have, and all the stuff that got, there's a bunch of stuff that the guy the guy made by, you know, by hand. And uh, I don't know, it's not like you could, you know, find the guy and give him his stuff back, but we found a whole bunch of funky fishing supplies in that box. We could use some shine. <laughs> okay. Well, this the cost of this is about $5 for every five square inches. It's about a dollar a square inch. Okay. So it, it makes uh, everything more expensive. Right. So we're not looking to do it for the individual. We're looking to get contracts with companies. I see. Like, like uh, motorcycle parts, engine parts. So. That's neat. Yeah, it's it, it's been about a year since this started, and uh, it just happened. He called me up today, and I went and saw his what he built after I got out of work today and I'm just like, I'm so excited. <laughs> Tomorrow's going to be cool. Something I've never done. I'm lucky to know this guy. He's uh, he's the synesthesiate. I've talked about him before. Um, All of his senses are connected as like one. So when you touch him or he touches something, he can all of his senses go off. Oh. And he doesn't know the difference of what it's like to be normal. He just knows that he's a synesthesia. He went into the hospital because he fell off of a two-story ladder onto a concrete floor face first, cracked his skull open, and uh, called 911. He wasn't unconscious. He was able to call 911. The hospital came, or the ambulance came, put him in the ambulance, and uh, they were just like, holy shit, you know, we got to give you some, uh, you know, Demerol or whatever they had, the shot, and, uh, you know, just to get him out of the pain. Um, they gave him the shot, and he was still conscious. Um, they called the doctor at the hospital on their way there, and they're like, can we give him another shot? They read him his vitals, and he's like, yeah, go ahead and give him another shot. Gave him another shot. He didn't go unconscious. Got to the hospital. 
Um, they began not instantly, but they during surgery, he was still conscious. They couldn't put him out. Um, wow. He knows every stitch, every slice, every nut and bolt that went into his elbows. Both of his elbows were just crushed or just dislocated out of the socket. He's got pins in his elbows. He can't even play pool because uh, the – well, he can play pool, I'm sorry, but it hurts him to fire a gun because of the pressure on his elbow joints. Um, they're they're put together with pins. Uh, can't really do much hard work. He tints windows, car windows for a living, so – but um, he didn't know he was a synesthesia until that point. It was like three or four years ago. What is that called? Synesthesia. Oh. There's different ways of spelling it, but I know it's it's prominent, and they got an actual school in Japan for these people. So. I I can't imagine what it's like. I really can't. Like he can. When he sees the wind blow, he sees colors. When people talk, he sees colors come out of their mouth. He can look at somebody and, like, he sees their aura, and he knows that if they're sick or not. Um, He he tells me sometimes it's a burden because it makes him sad. Yeah, uh, I guess. A responsibility somehow. Yeah, he says his daughter has it too. She freaks him out because uh, she sees some of the stuff that he does. She's like, "What's that?" <laughs> but you know, I, I don't know. I can't explain it. Um, as much you got to read up on about it. I've I watched a couple documentaries on YouTube about it, and uh, I don't know. It's, it's energy. All of his senses are connected. They never split up. The root word is sin. Oh. I mean, it comes from the word was, you know, back in Greece. Um, That's where the root comes from. It's it's a trip. Oh. I'm lucky to know the man. He's he's a very cool individual. Yeah, that sounds, uh, there's not too many of those people around, I'm sure. Or they don't know it. I mean, he yeah. didn't know it. He didn't know he was any different until the doctor told him, you know, why didn't he go unconscious? I'm wondering what's going to happen to the man when he dies. You know, how's he going <laughs> to, like, what's he going to do? Just going to do it in a dream state? You know, like, I, I don't know. I don't know what's, uh, what. I've talked to him about this, and it's it's pretty funny. He tells me stories of um, one time he drank a a bottle of a small bottle of Vicks Forty Four that he got at a shitty gas station around the corner because he was sick, and apparently that was the the shipment that was supposed to be recalled, and it didn't have any of the certain substance that it should have. It had too much of something else, and um, he had to go to the hospital. And he actually went unconscious, but the dream he told me about was just insane. I don't really want to tell it on here because I'm wasting time. Um, I don't know if anybody else got anything to say, but it was uh, he could tell it better. One day I'm going to have him on or I'll record when he's talking again, telling about 
story because I'm I'm gonna be working with him. So, yeah, I like to share. I'll do an interview. It's uh, it's hard to believe the stuff he says. He's like the first time I met him, um, I was having my windows tinted and I got found him on Craigslist and uh, started talking about. I was listening to Joe Rogan at the time. I just got into listening to his podcast and Joe Rogan was talking about uh, DMT, dimethyltryptamine. And uh, I was totally enthralled with what I heard and, you know, that we all have it in our brains and all this stuff. And I was talking to him and he's like, I'm going to tell you something and uh, you're not going to believe me. And uh, but I'm going to tell it anyway, because I feel that you would understand. And he told me about this and then I was like, wait a minute, this is I had to go home and look it up. I was actually on the phone when I was when he was uh, telling me what it was because he couldn't really remember. He had to call his his wife and ask her what the term was in his DJ. He couldn't remember how to, how to say it, pronounce it. And he told me it and I was looking it up as he was telling me the story. And it's, uh, it's weird. It's really weird. There's not a lot of people that are, that are, uh, this happens to. And I don't know. Yeah. We, we actually knew a guy like that. Yeah, basically, basically can read energy from from uh, anything. Yep, he can touch something and know where if it's been good or bad or and yeah. Well, yeah, he up a lot of people with illnesses. Cause cool. that's that guy, this guy that we knew, he he did that. And uh, it's uh, it's quite amazing, and like you say, nobody believes you. Yeah. Um, they 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 just have that sense, and uh, and some people yeah. want to take you away and use you as a weapon that they find out. So yeah, kind of he kind of wants to stay under the radar. Yeah. Understandable. Well, this stuff of, you know, Carl does, you know, it just it needs to get out there because that would definitely bring the change that uh, everybody needs, at least here on this comment. Uh, I hear you. Start out. Um, I don't know. I, I've been listening to a lot of stuff and over the years. Um we got into uh, Kevin Trudeau's uh, Global Information Network, and and that's kind of opened up a whole lot of um, different stuff that we would have never have thought about, you know, before. And, and I'm sure that some of you guys have heard of those one people, one people's trust. OPPT. Yeah, yeah. But that's kind of gone by the wayside because I guess they were, I guess that that Heather lady, uh, you know. The lawyer? Yeah, she's the one they found out was, they they figured that 
probably working for the Vatican or something. I don't know. <laughs> and, uh, you know, with all that, you know, the 13 families and all that stuff. And um, so three of the leaders, you know, have got away from that because they moved over to Morocco with her and, you know, nothing happened. You know, there was supposed to be all this stuff, you know, coming around and they were going to do all this work. But, you know, it, you know, it was more of a thing to kind of hush them, hush those people up, you know, with their groups. And um, so now they've all gone back to their respective countries, you know, and and um, just trying to lick their wounds, I guess. And... Um, I still follow one of them, the lady out of uh, um, Australia. I think her name is Lisa Harrison. I don't know if you guys heard of her. But they, they had, I think, you know, between the whole OPPT, they had like, I think they had almost a million people following. And, um, you know, now they're st starting some other network. And, uh, you know, they say they want to make changes, so I, I sent them an email about a week and a half ago to uh, check out Carl's stuff, and I've yet to hear anything from him or um, see anything mentioned about it. So, I don't know. I just think somehow that, you know, some of these people with large followings, it'd be a good thing to just try to send emails to them and, you know, see if they can... Uh, You know, get this this word spread, especially in this hemisphere. And you know, what did what did he say? There's like five countries left that have the common law. You know, us and Canada, and um, I guess Ecuador, and then that leaves Australia and uh, Great Britain, right? India. Oh, India too? Yeah. Uh, so that makes sense. Huh? I think there's seven. seven? There's yeah. Africa. South Africa, there's a, a couple places. Okay. So, yeah, I know I know the OPPT. Did any, are you guys familiar with that at all? Was that you, Mike, that that uh, said that? I've heard of them. I've heard of a few bits and pieces about them, but I don't really know. Sounds to me like they're all looking for that magic wheelbarrow full of gold when they cash their birth certificate in. <laughs> yeah, they. I, I think they were there, but I don't. I don't because I I followed that because it was it was interesting to me that you know that. Uh, Did you say the OBBT? Yeah. It's, it was called, it was the One People's Public Trust, where this lawyer from, um, her and two other people went in and basically foreclosed on every single bank and every single government and, you know, pretty much everything that's commercial. And, uh, and uh, I think, I think what, it kind of backfired on her because I guess a bunch of, People in Australia um, 
you know, kept it going. And even though that she stopped it when she moved to Morocco with those other people, uh, uh, and what was it? They, you know, they they started doing these. Uh, I can't remember what they call them. Some kind of a notice to all of their banks. <laughs> you know, in every bank. I guess some guy was going out there like every day and going to every bank in his, you know, some big city here in in the U.S. and and doing these uh, courtesy notices is what they called them. And you know, so that's the part that backfired. They didn't think that that was going to go so big, but that's where I. I think I got the number of close to a million people went out and and uh, either mailed or even hand-delivered those courtesy notices to different banks and different government uh, entities, etc. So that's the part that backfired on, on, the, on the lady who started the OPPT. And... Um, so I don't know, you know, that's that that stuff is, you know, however you like to think about it, um, you know, because she did UCC something on the, you know, and the UCC is recognized the world, you know, worldwide, and that's, you know, that's what she was trying to do, and I guess these people figured out the only place that she didn't uh, foreclose on was the Vatican, <laughs> so. They thought that was very odd because you know the Vatican comes up in in a lot of different ways um, in these uh, in these thought processes. So you know, as far as the thirteen, uh, I don't know if I'm if I'm getting too far out there. <laughs> go ahead and say, but uh, I don't know. That's just something to throw out there to. Uh, to get this out, you know, whether the wheelbarrow cash is coming or not, whatever, if that happens, you know, whatever, if it doesn't happen, whatever, too. Uh, but, you know, that would be one way to uh, get people motivated to uh, do this stuff, you know. Um, uh, you guys heard of Freedom Club? Nope. Okay. Yeah, well, there's, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff that we've learned over the last five years that I would have never thought of ever thinking about. And um, that, you know, that definitely helped us um, joining the uh, Kevin Trudeau's Global Information Network, though he is in prison now. <laughs> uh, you guys have heard of Kevin Trudeau, haven't you? Haven't yeah. You ever Ever come I've heard home? of him. I don't know anything he does, though. Well, he got put in prison because he wrote that diet book that said it was easy an easy diet to do. And that's the whole reason why they put him in prison for 10 years. Per the government, the, you know, the Federal uh, Trade Commission. And Yeah, he, uh, he got thrown in prison because of that, but I'm sure it was because of other things, you know, his defiance of the governments and and uh, some of the stuff he said because he definitely had a huge following worldwide and they wanted to... Uh, I think that's the problem right there. 
you got too many followers, got too well known. Yeah, exactly, exactly. They don't yeah. like it when people don't shut their mouth. They don't. It seems they don't mind if somebody figures it out, but when they go telling the whole world about it, that's when they get pissed. Right. Well, then that's how you can look at it. You know, we we were, we're well, we're still in that club, but it's, you know, obviously he's in prison, so other people have taken over, and you know, the the club hasn't fared awful, you know, too awful well here lately. But you know, it's it was just uh, an avenue for me and and my wife to you know explore these other things, which. We would have never done had we not joined this club. I mean, just the just the knowledge of all kinds of different, uh, you know, subjects. You know, like the government, the the uh, the law, the the religions, the um, the society. You know, and then you get then you can also talk about the people like Mark was talking about that have those. Uh, those uh, God-given, I don't know what you'd call it, um, you know, that can read energy and, uh, and you know, if, you know, five years ago, if I'd have heard Mark say that, I'd have said, yeah, he's, this guy's full of shit. But uh, after actually meeting a person like that and actually um, heal me, he healed me, and uh, I'd have never even believed it, but you know it's it's just awesome. And then you know, and then it, it caused me to look around for stuff. And there, I here I find Carl's stuff, which is the uh, I know it sounds weird, <laughs> but you know that that to me is is the you know the common law is is what it is, and. Uh, we have all been trained to not even look for it or question or even ever think about it. And um, I just think it's uh, it's just a fantastic thing to uh, have been able to find this. I would have never known. I would have never thought about it. And it, you know, it def- definitely rings rings true to me, as does a lot of this other stuff. So. This is a good thing, and I'd sure like to see a whole lot more people um, involved in it because at some point they're not going to be able to stop it. You know, like you were saying, Mike, they, you know, they can only they only have ten fingers. You get ten, you know, ten fingers and ten holes in the dam, but, you know, 15, 20, 30 fingers, and then all of a sudden the dam breaks. And... uh and then that, at that point, everybody gets wet with knowledge. <laughs> well, isn't that what ended prohibition? Everybody filing lawsuits against the government. I don't. I don't know the history of that. I think uh, so many people filed lawsuits against the government that they couldn't keep up, and they just had to repeal it. Yeah. Well, that you know, I guess that's that probably. That'd be one way to look at it, and uh, you know that this 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 common law thing would have a huge impact on on uh, taxation, 
and and even governance. You know, I mean, I think it would have a. I mean, it'd have a huge. I mean, a, a, a more massive effect than than the prohibition. <laughs> it'd be it'd be it'd be huge. Especially his own mother taught him that the IRS is nothing but a. I can't remember the word he used, but Santa Claus. Yeah, Santa Claus and the seven dwarfs, whatever. Everything, everything that we're governed by is is done by our choice, our unknowing choice. This would definitely change everything in in both of our countries, and it wouldn't take long. I mean, it'd be a massive impact. Yeah, I think if everybody started asking questions and everybody else started filing lawsuits, I think they'd just be overwhelmed. Yeah. I think if I think if if thousands of people all over the place in every city just stopped signing government contracts and contracts with banks and big corporations, all that paper is going to slow down. And that's all the government does is shuffle paper. No bonds to to monetize, no Dun and Bradstreet, nothing. Right. function completely off of paper. So we got to stop giving them paper. Exactly. And that would have a huge impact on the economies. And, and, uh, you know, I don't know if it'd be, it probably would it probably won't be pretty if it does happen, you know, right at the beginning. Because I'm sure, you know, people waking up would, you know, would think like, well, what it's the hell? Not like, it's not like the, in, the entire planet is going to snap out of it overnight and crush the whole system. But if more and more people stopped borrowing money when they don't really need to and mm-hmm. stop applying for government benefits if they don't really need it, and stop with cars, insurance, license, registration, all that other stuff. If people just everywhere, more and more every day, more people started to stop signing contracts they don't need, and it's just going to slowly choke them out. The banks, the government, they're going to have less less paper to shuffle around. That means they're going to have less employees that they can afford to pay then they're going to have Because see the thing is the more paper we give them, the more positions they need to fill, the more cops they need to hire. Now that there's more cops, there's more charges, more paperwork. Now they need more employees and more cops. And it just gets out of control. If we just stop, we're not breathing life into them anymore. They're going to shrink right back down to where they're supposed to be. Exactly. And that's, you know, that's the same thing that the, the people that the OPPT preach, and also the, the the people from our club, you know, stop feeding the the monster. Yep. And uh, I don't know. It, it's it, it's. Uh, I'd like to see. That's why I sent that email to the OPPT, and because, um, like I say, they got a they got a pretty good sized following. Whether you know people want to believe that or not. And 
that's what has to happen. I don't know. I don't know if anybody agrees with that or sounds like you do. Uh, but that's that's kind of what we're trying to to work out with this uh, common law thing. And the funny thing about it, it's been there right in front of us all the time. And, um, you know, we've always had that remedy, at least in this country. And I, obviously you guys have had it. You know, I think we were a country before you guys, but, you know, and Great Britain, you know, they've been around for thousand years or whatever and uh all this stuff originated there and and um it's just you know it just slowly got hidden away by uh, i don't know what you'd call them uh greedy greedy um individuals and uh it needs to stop it needs to stop So I'll get off my soapbox and let it somebody else talk. <laughs> yeah, this stuff's been going on since the Bible days. The whole Jesus going into the church and turning the tables on the money lenders and the yeah. old woe to you, the lawyers, and woe to you, the false prophets. And yeah. this is this is nothing new. That's the whole reason behind... Uh, the forefathers down there saying no titles and nobility. They know what happens when you get a when you get a bunch of lawyers running the show. Yep. See, even in the Bible too, when they they wanted a king, God's like, fine. If they want an earthly ruler, let them have an earthly ruler. But it's going to blow up in their face. The ruler's going to be a tyrant. And you guys are going to bitch to me, and I ain't going to hear it. You brought yep. it on yourselves. Righto. So this is nothing new. No, you're exactly right, but people don't understand it and it seems like they've they've lost their <laughs> they've lost their uh, way and you know, and they unfortunately have all bought in on, on and you know, like I say, I'm a I'm an example of that. No, I would, you know, five years ago, what you know, Mark told me about that guy. I would have, I would have uh, thought, oh well, this guy's nuts. Yeah, I think it's all ego and greed, whether people realize it or not. But I don't know. The more I think about it, just it sounds bizarre to me that a guy goes out and he gets his education or whatever after high school goes for more education becomes real smart goes out and gets a real good job makes tons of money he's got a huge house five cars couple of boats pools all the whole bit and now he's got all this stuff he has to protect from thieves all this stuff he has to protect from the irs all this stuff he has to license register and insure and it's just the more the more toys you have, the more toys you have to watch. Yeah. And it just it gets out of hand. The more the more toys you have, the more of an open target you are to the IRS. Yep. It's just I don't know. And I'm not trying to preach or anything, but the Bible warns against all that too. Hoarding money and collecting earthly treasures and just don't do it. It just 
ownership is liability. Yeah. The more you have, the more you have to watch out for, the more you have to protect, the more you have to pay for. Yep. Yeah, taxes and fees, etc. Yep. But there's also the loophole when you know the common law that you don't have to deal with any of that because you're self-governing. Yeah, but it takes a little bit of, uh, well, it takes a lot of research, a lot of thinking, and a lot of uh, letter writing and stuff. Just jumping into this, I don't know, watching a couple of, uh, watching a couple of Dean Clifford videos on YouTube and throwing your driver's license away and not paying taxes and everything because I'm a man, I can do what I want. It always ends bad. You got to do a little bit of work beforehand. Right. Well, I mean, that, that's true, but it's, it's a good, it's a good thing. It's a great thing that uh, this is coming out because it's still, it's still right there at our fingertips. And, uh, as with anything else, you have to learn and study and and um, just like the guy you were talking about with the big house and the boat and the five cars, you know, he he had to learn to study and do that stuff. Um, if he was really smart, he could open up his eyes and uh, see this part of it, and then he wouldn't have to be watching out for everything <laughs> that he has. Yep. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh... He worked for it. You know, he did He did what he thought he had to do to get it. And he, you know, he, uh, he also has the right to keep it. Yeah, he might have thought he was doing the right thing, and he has he has every right to do that even if he knows it's a bad idea if mm-hmm. that's what he wants to do it's there's not actually anything wrong with it it's his choice do what you want just just realize that the more you have the more you, the more liability you have right but uh i don't know if somebody wanted to just get out of the system or whatever you could just do baby steps one little thing at a time yeah. One might be get rid, find an alternative way of operating so you don't have to use the bank or exactly. use the bank for bare minimum. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you don't need your credit card anymore. It's just convenient. Either get rid of it or practice a little bit of willpower and self-control. Just stop using it unless you have to. Right. Like, I get it. It's good to have a a credit card in case you want to rent a hotel room, book a flight, maybe order concert tickets or something, but you don't need to rack up all kinds of toys on your credit card if you don't need them. Exactly. Exactly. Well, you know, that, and that system is set up, to, you know, to where, uh, I remember years ago, I had a grain out in California and, and, uh, I bought my plane tickets, and uh, I was planning on renting a car, and at that time, I didn't have a credit card. You can't rent a car without a credit card. (laughs) 
or a driver's license. Yeah. So, you know, that's how the system is set up, you know, that you have to have all that stuff to um, to travel, I guess. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, you know, it's, it's just too bad a lot of, you know, a lot more people haven't uh, caught on to this because, you know, um, you know Carl is Carl. Yeah. I think it's the old, uh, the whole boil the frog thing, right? Put the frog in room temperature water and just slowly increase the heat. He doesn't even notice. Yep. But I think, uh, I think the government's just cranked the heat up a little too quick and mm-hmm. it's pissing everybody off. And now people are starting to wake up because they, they actually got the big slap in the face. Yep. So I think the, uh, the quote government's own greed kind of kind of bit them in the ass this time. I think more and more people are waking up because they've just been pushed a little too far, a little too fast. Yeah, I agree with that. And that's good. More people do need to wake up. But I'm not really concerned about the whole system crashing overnight because it's going to take more and more people waking up every day. More and more people wake up. It's going to, it's going to take a little while. Right. But it'll be making. What's that? I think at least it'll start shifting because, you know, when these people, uh, the powers that be or the powers that they think they be, um, you know, like you say, uh, they've, they've turned it up a little too high and people are starting to wake up. And uh, at that point, they will vote in or uh, choose people to make the uh, correct decisions to to uh, overturn this, this uh, corrupt system <laughs> and, you know, slowly make it, you know, make it backtrack on itself. And that's you know what you know it, you know I'm not talking about overnight, but I mean if even I think even if a million people uh, between our two countries were to start you know doing this stuff and you know claiming this and that, uh, it would it would definitely it would change very quickly I think because you know not only do they have that governance over over us but what they're doing is is you know there's there's nothing behind it it's got no ass to it it's just a a show yep. all of it and then when that you know when the when the uh, curtain comes up and you see the guy in the you know like the wizard of oz <laughs> people are going to be shocked and yep. i think at that point everything will change overnight I don't think, you know, just like, uh, you know, Dorothy and them. I mean, that just changed everything just in that second when, the you know, the dog opened the curtain there and there's that guy. and you know, Pay no plus, attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> uh-uh. Yeah. So, it will change things if uh, enough people get involved in it. Well, with more people getting involved comes uh, 
different approaches too. Different people are going to do different paperwork. They're going to attack it from a different angle, which is going to uh, help keep them on their toes. Exactly. Because if all of us listened to Carl and Carl gave us all the same templates and we all filed them in all the same courthouses, they just shut that down. Oh, another one of these garbage, another one of these garbage, another one of these garbage. Well, yeah, I, 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 I can see that. And I think a lot of most people that, you know, that Carl's helped, I think, you know, he's, he's uh, done a template for them, but I don't think he's done it, you know, from what I've seen, I don't think he's done everything, um, you know, just a, you know, a stamped uh, cookie cutter type of thing. Every every case and everything that he's helped people with has been unique, and uh, yeah. so yeah. that's that's the good thing. Well, say you called him and you had a specific problem, he'd give you an answer. Well, why didn't you just write this? Right. And then I can call with almost the exact same problem as you I could call in like three months later and he'll say well what's so hard about just writing this and he'll tell me something different right but he uh yeah he's been around he's he's wrapped his head around all kinds of different different things so he's uh he's pretty quick on his feet yeah you can think of, I don't know, that's another good thing I find that helps me is uh, think about my situation and then think about the same situation, but think of it from the other side. Okay, I'm going to write this letter and I'm going to send it to Bob. What's Bob going to do? And just sit there and pretend I'm Bob for a minute looking at me. Maybe I can understand why Bob's doing what he's doing, or maybe I see where he's going to go with it or how he's going to react when he gets my letter. So looking at the same situation from different roles kind of helps. That way you're not just one one track mind set in your way and this is how it's going to be. Well, yeah, and you know that in every relationship you have to you know, the other person in the relationship, you have to think how they're going to react to what you what you think and what you want. So, I mean, exactly. That makes sense, hundred percent. You got to think of you know what they're what they're thinking when they get your letter. Yeah, isn't there an old saying, "No, know, know thine enemy" or whatever? Uh huh. You're going to go to war with another country, get out the book and read up on their strategy and their history and know how they operate. Exactly. Know what he's going to do before he does it. Exactly. You know, and the same thing, you know, most of those people that work in those situations, I'm sure they're, I'm sure they're indoctrinated into, you know, their job and, you know, they're, they're not going to, they're not going to have an open mind because they think that with that job, that you know, with what is done in that society is is uh, in stone. So 
you know, but then when you're dealing with another human being or man or woman, um, you know, they're just like, you know, just like you. <laughs> so that that part of it also comes into play. Where's where's the human being thing? What is that? What is that? Uh, that doesn't come up in any law or any statutes or. Human being is defined in Black's Law Dictionary as a monster, um, not entitled to inheritance. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. The human being is not even a human. It's something similar to a human or a human form. Wow. Okay, instead, I guess of saying, I, instead of saying human or human being, I'd just rather say man. Yeah, yeah. God created man. That's good. I'll stick with that. Yeah, that's that's what I was gonna say. Doesn't sound I don't. Like I don't. I don't recall reading the word human or the phrase human being anywhere in the Bible. Right. Yeah, that's true. All you hear is man or woman. Yep. On a rare occasion, you'll see the word person, but look at how it how it's used. Right. Because then, like, God is not a respecter of persons. Right. Interesting. And see the... The plural of man is man, and sometimes in the Bible you'll see men. And as far as I can tell, men always refers to um, man from other societies. So maybe a man that wasn't an Israelite, or maybe maybe man that was from a different uh, different country. Huh. Or maybe I don't know, just not not you or your family, not not your whatever. Mm-hmm. Like outsiders, basically strangers. I see. Like to a Jew, Gentiles would be men, but but fellow Jews would be fellow man. Right. So technically, lawyers are men to us. Right. They're not actually men. They're not one of us. They're from another society. Right. But whatever. Bob the prosecutor, I'll just call him a man. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny how how those people haven't been taught. I think a lot of those guys have no idea what they're, you know, what they're doing really when it comes right down to the nuts and bolts. I don't think they... I think some do, but some don't. No. I would say most of the judges do. The higher-up judges, I would say, definitely do. Right. I don't know. I think the average district attorney probably doesn't fully know. 
but I'm guessing they probably know that they're going after a person, not a man. I think just about everybody, every lawyer would know that. Right. Because they know they're looking for a legal name. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's probably so. I imagine some people do understand the whole nut and bolt part of it. Well, I just they- just when you, when you just break things down and look up the definitions of the words they're using, it's just funny because you're filling out an application, so right away you're begging. But the first line of it says. Uh, legal name of person or legal name of applicant. Well, we know what applicant means. We know what person means. We know what legal name is. But all these applications we fill out, it's full of traps like that. Yeah. Citizenship. Right. Residential address. Well, there's definitely a plan to that, obviously, from, you know, somebody who knows the, the, the truth and reality of it. And uh, people just don't look through the, through the words and know well, exactly what people. they... If, if all they were looking for was the information, why wouldn't they just say name, address? Why would they have to say full legal name? residential address. Right. Like if they're adding more stuff into there, it's probably for a reason. That's true. That's true. Well, here we go, hogging up the call again. Um, see if anybody else has anything to add. And nobody's muted, so if anybody wants to say something, jump in. What was that? I said nobody's muted, so whoever has something to say, jump in. How many people you got on the call, Mike? Um, Eight on the phone. Oh, okay. Like literally on the phone? (laughs) On a chair near the phone? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they got their ear on the phone? I don't know. Yeah. Sorry, I'm quiet because I'm I'm just crazy tired. (laughs) It's been a long day. That and I didn't get any sleep last night, so technically I'm running on two hours sleep. But I'm here and I'm listening, so you guys go ahead. I'm paying attention. Yeah, no, I myself don't really have anything to talk about, but I'll talk if somebody's got something to say.
Yeah, I don't know. I think, I don't know. It's it's kind of like if you're walking downtown and there's some sidewalk magician or whatever stand there going, hey, buddy, you want to see a trick? It's awesome. You're like, okay. And he's like, pull five bucks out of your pocket for this trick. And you give him five bucks and he makes it disappear. And you're like, oh, that sucks. I just lost money. He's like, oh, you want to see another trick? Yeah, sure. Okay, pull out another five bucks. You give him five bucks, he makes it disappear. Eventually, aren't you just going to say, I had enough of this and walk away? Uh-huh. Yet everybody keeps running to the government and signing more contracts. So, I don't know. Some, I guess sometimes it's pretty much unavoidable. But I say any contracts you don't need, don't sign. You got to go two days before you grocery shop. Wait two days. Don't rack up your credit card or don't. I don't know. If you don't need a third car, don't get a third car. Right. Hey, Mike. Yep. Robin here in Alabama. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? All right. Hey, I had a couple questions, if it's okay to interject. Yep. Um, first question is, is it possible to have multiple claims within a case? Like, for example, say you had a claim against someone and um, they go ahead and do some additional damage to you. Can you file a new claim in the, within the same case? Hmm. Like they they did something else or they're continuing to do what they're doing? Uh, well, they did some, well, I guess a little bit of both. So like in my husband's case, he's already got a claim um, her trespass because of a uh, lack of jurisdction, but then they go they went ahead and um, arrested him for and basically extorted money out of him to pay and held him in jail until he paid. So it's kind of a, a separate issue. It's related to the first issue, but it's an additional trespass. So I don't know if you um, can file a an additional claim within the same case that's already open or if it has to be a separate thing. Um, I would say a possibility would be to treat it as a separate claim, a separate wrong. And uh, give them notice that what they did caused harm, did and does cause harm or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not sure. I never really thought of a situation quite like that before. Because it's, you know, it's another few hundred dollars to file another case in court. So I'm just trying to be thrifty. Is it a was it a different man behind no, same, the same same man but new but
but new wrong. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not really sure. Generally... Generally, I would say it's always good to have one man doing one wrong in one claim. Like if a cop, if a cop stops you, pulls you out of your car, beats you up, throws you in the car, takes you downtown and throws you in a cage, I would pick the one thing that pissed you off the most. And file one claim against one man for that one specific wrong. And if for some reason you lose, you can sue the same man for a different wrong. And if you lose, then you can sue the same man again for a different wrong until you get it right. Well, until you get it correct. Okay. But then, so then each of those would be separate cases and each case would have a single claim. Yeah, that's generally the way I think of it. See, if you, just as an exaggeration to illustrate the point, if you sued that one man for 10 wrongs and you lost on one of them, the whole claim gets thrown out. All nine of them get get thrown out with it. Yeah, and and I've heard Carl say you do want to make separate claims. But would those separate claims be in a single case or would they be separate? like like so say the cop, yeah, he pulls you out of your car, he tases you, he um takes your car and steals it and locks you up and all this stuff. You know, you've really got probably five or six claims against him. Can you file those separately, but into a single case. I would say no. Okay. I would say no. I would think that you would probably want to have them uh, a separate case number for each wrong. Okay. Each trespass. Okay. Yeah, and I guess from a, you know, to like you said if if one of if you lose on one of them you've got the other ones you can still pursue and it's not closing the whole you know it's not damaging the whole case but um yeah but that is a lot of money it's it's a few hundred bucks each time for each case you file yeah cuz i think if they were going to throw it out it would be the case, the case number, the whole bit, just gone. Okay. Um, I, well, I appreciate that. Um, and then my second question has to do with um, the topic I called in about last week when I got my two tickets um, last Sunday, and I tried to find out who the prosecutor was, and they wouldn't tell me. So I went to court on Thursday um, 
which wasn't my court date, but that was the only day I could find out who the prosecutor was. So I went there anyway and found out who he was. I sat down with him for a few minutes, and he basically didn't want to hear anything I had to say. Um, so now I need I, I want to write a letter to him, but my confusion is there's so many different ways to approach this. I'm just trying to figure out what's the best way. And part of me is thinking just writing him and saying, you know, how do you claim jurisdiction over over I? And kind of leave it at that. And I was just wondering if you had any thoughts on to what, what's the best approach to start this letter writing. Since he really didn't want to hear, see any of my evidence or talk to me, you know, before before trial. He's like, oh, that's all what the judge has to take a look at that. I'm like, well, I'm trying to avoid trial. But he really didn't care. Um, I'm not sure if I would ask how he feels he has jurisdiction. Um, so you already told him, what did you tell him already that the tickets were issued in air? You weren't operating under license? Right. I wasn't, I don't have any contract and I was, you know, ready to offer proof, a letter from, I have from the state saying that he can't contract with me. You know, so there is no contract, um, and he's like, well, you know, I I have no authority to drop a case. I said, well, as prosecutor, you have authority to decide whether you have enough, you know, to go on. He's like, oh, I have enough. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I could push, I could could write about, you know, you know, show me the contract you believe I'm operating under or, um, you know, show me who I've harmed, who I've, you know, caused harm to. I'm happy to pay outside of court. You know, there's a lot of different angles I can take here. I'm just trying to figure out what's the best one to start with. So the tickets were for no driver's license and no um, tags or, or plates. You said that the prosecutor says that he has enough to go on to be able to prosecute you? Yep. Did you ask that, uh, ask for any information about that, or is this, you know? Well, this did is kind he, of... Did he respond to your letter that you sent him? I No, I didn't send him the letter because I didn't know who he was. So that's why I actually went there to find out who he was. Now, I did send a letter to the cop rescinding the con rescinding the tickets and I sent the tickets back and I also sent a letter to the mayor <laughs> just because I figure I, I I knew his name and I knew he's in charge of the whole you know the cops and the prosecutor and I just told him you know there's no I, I have no contract I sent him copies of the letters I have from the state and um, of course I never got any reply from from him so I, I I haven't sent any letters to the prosecutor yet because up until Thursday I did not know who he was. Did you say you got a letter from somebody at the state? Yeah, last year I started, um, you know, asking questions of the people in the state, and the uh, the driver's license thing is is under 
appear under the Department of Public Safety. So I wrote to the head of the Department of Public Safety asking about any supposed contract with the driver's license. And, you know, they didn't respond, they didn't respond. So I sent um, my terms of a contract. I said, well, since, you know, you're not you're not responding, if there is a contract with the driver's license, then here are my terms. <laughs> and then after that, I got a letter from the assistant attorney general for that department saying that the state cannot contract with me. So that's the the evidence I was going to use to say I have no contract with you. Well, I would say since you already spoke to the prosecutor, the next the next thing you should probably do is send a letter to them to follow up the conversation because you don't have any any anything on paper yet. Right. So it would I think you should maybe write a letter, uh, something like to follow up on our conversation the other day. Um, I informed you, whatever the tickets were issued in error. I'm not in contract with the state or whoever you're not in contract with. And then just say, uh, see attached letters and then have the letter saying that the state cannot contract with you. Okay. So it's kind of like, I don't know, I didn't really put any thought into the correct wording or anything for that yet, but uh, basically I spoke with you the other day, told you I'm not contracting, you said you had enough to go on, mm, here's a letter from Bob. Yep. Just, uh, just enclose that in your letter so he can see that his boss said that he doesn't have the right to contract. So how does this prosecutor think he does? Okay. So don't worry about the jurisdiction thing. Because, like, the the jurisdiction thing, of course, would be a contract. So... Well, yeah, if, if there's a contract, maybe they have jurisdiction. But if there is no contract, then there is no controversy. Mm-hmm. How are you saying I breached a contract when clearly there is no contract? Yep. Your boss said that I didn't breach a contract. I can't even get into a contract. So what what contract are you talking about? Okay. I would I would keep it really short, use very simple basic words and uh any word over three, any words, three syllables or more is probably not a good word unless it's a very common word. But I would keep it as short as possible. Just hit the main points. Um, as a follow-up to our conversation, uh, I told you there was an error. There was no contract. You didn't provide me with a contract. Uh Please find and close the letter from Bob stating that there can be no contract. So without the contract, he better be able to prove harm, loss, or injury to another.
Yeah. Hi. Hello. Hello. Hi. This is Cheyenne. I was just inquiring because I ended up having to get my driver's license back. I didn't have it for years. But because I was putting another truck on the road, I had to tag it. So I didn't want to go through all their hoops because I was trying to get out of the system as well. But then I had to put myself back in because then I had to end up having to register, get the tags, driver's license. Now I've got to get myself back out. Now, what I did is I ended up on, I'm on Pennsylvania, but I did go into their code. If you can go into the in transportation, in, in my code, it does say not for hire. If you have 15 or less passengers, yes, you were not traveling in com commerce. And you did not have a contract. But I'm, I'm, the way I'm going to do it is not for hire. And actually, I'm going to be putting a, some kind of a bumper sticker or something close to my 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 tags or something to that effect. Now, with the tags, if they have you as a resident, yeah, you have to have your tags. But if you are not a resident, no, you do not. But as far as insurance, yes, you do. Yeah, I put private tags on my car, and I have a decal right on the the driver's side back window that says this is, you know, Private property, private. not for hire, <laughs> all that stuff. So you know, it's right, right obvious that they, you know, that it's it's right there when the cop pulled, you know, came up to the car, and they don't now, care. Pro now, prior to that, did you end up um, contacting the, the sheriff, the local cops, wherever you were traveling at that at that time? No, I mean this is all in state stuff, so. Because I'm also going to be doing that. And I also got my MSO number. Oh, you did? Yes. How did you do that? I called to get it. We what, do you think the MSO, what do you think the MSO does? Well, it's going to be taking, taking my truck out of their system because they use the VIN. I'm going to be using the MSO. What do you mean you're going to be using the MSO number instead of the VIN? I'm going to be changing all my paperwork around to have it as the MSO. And even where we did the tags, the guy acted stupid at the beginning about the MSO, but he wouldn't do it. He wouldn't touch it. And here at the end of the dealing, he says, how in the hell did you get the MSO? So I knew he knew. And remember, there are agencies that get paid to keep you into the system. And he bucked like hell to keep me in that system. The MSO I, just proves that the the car dealership made that car. That's all it means. Right, and then the state gave you the VIN. The VIN came with the car. I disagree. Well, no, I you're correct. Yeah, I was hoping to get Mike. Hi, Mike. 
Hey, see this. No man or woman named the state of Pennsylvania is going to come into court and say they own your truck. Correct. So the MSO really means nothing. If they don't own the truck, they don't own the truck. I'm just thinking if you got the MSO, you can use that number to take it out of the states. So then you have, I don't want to say title or ownership, but it takes you away from that state that you're on. The VIN number has nothing to do with the state. If you really wanted, you could scratch the VIN numbers off and your new VIN number could be piss off. It could be 1111111. The VIN number... I I, I just just want out of their system so bad it's pathetic. So you're going to enter another number into their system. What's the difference? That's like if I go to court, they're looking for Mike, and then I go into court and I say, I'm not Mike anymore, I changed my name to Bob. Okay, Bob, big deal, I entered a new name into their system. You're going to enter a new number into their system. What's the difference? Right, you're still giving them the number. But how do you go about not giving them the number? Just tell them that it's your property. So then that that would go back to notices to each department. Okay. Right? Yeah. Greetings, Bob. Just to let you know, this is my property. If any man or woman has a claim to my property, let, let me know. Right. They can't prove who owns it other than you. Correct. Bob, the Secretary of State, certainly doesn't own the truck. His wife doesn't. His neighbor doesn't. Who's who's Bob going to bring forward? Mr. State of Pennsylvania? Mrs. State of... Who's... No man or woman can come forward and claim that. Agreed. Did you tell them that you're unregistering it or anything? No, not yet. I it's actually tonight it's being inspected as we speak. And cuz I end up getting a baby um crack, a whole layer of, over the whole windshield. So we're hoping this guy can will temporarily inspect it. I mean, it's not in my vision. But we're, you know, going to replace it. Anyhow, what was your question? Oh, okay. After this, uh, the inspection gets done, yes, I'm going to undo everything. Yeah, I just, I don't see the big difference if you say I'm taking this number off your system and putting this number into your system instead, but it's the same truck. I just don't see that actually accomplishing much. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it and see if it does, and I'll let you know. Because I think it would be more effective to say this is my this is my property. If any man or woman well, believes it's their property or they have a vested interest, uh, let me know. Apparently, that's... other than that, other than that, I'm deregistering my property. 
the judges, they ignore ignore all that. They don't pay attention to that. They say, screw you. How many times do they ignore that you deregistered your property? I put a notice last year in recorder of deed saying that I'm not in the... I wish I had that in front of me. I'm I'm not in their uh, 10 square mile. But it had some other warnings to it. Well, they fought like hell for me to record it, and I it was already notarized, and then they wanted me to go out and get an acknowledgement. So you didn't tell anybody else. What do you mean? Oh no, that's it. So you just said you don't belong to Washington D.C. is basically all you really said. That's fine. They own your truck. You didn't say anything about your truck. Uh, at the time, I didn't have the truck. But I. So, you, so basically, you did nothing regarding your truck, and you're saying the judges ignore everything about the truck. I if you've never you registered your no 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 I never had any dealings with the judge with my truck. It gets inspected tonight. Tomorrow will be the first time on the road. Yeah, you can't tell the recorder of deeds something and then expect every other state agency to know what's going on. Well, is you that what they the do? Right the, you got to send the right letter to the right man or woman working at the right agency. Because the recorder of deeds isn't going to call up DMV and say, oh, by the way, if Cheyenne ever wants to do something, yeah, she's deregistered. The recorder of deeds isn't going to call up the judge and say, yeah, don't uh, let your cops arrest Cheyenne because she doesn't live in D.C. They're not going to go phoning every agency out there. Correct. We're all learning here, Mike. We all do come together. So are you going to continue to have your calls on Monday? Um, I don't know. It doesn't really make a big difference to me, but it just seems sometimes things happen on Tuesday, so I figured it makes no difference to me. I just switched to Monday. Yeah, at the last minute, I remembered. But I, I got a letter today. From a lawyer from Philadelphia. He's known as a a big crooked lawyer. (laughs) And basically he is saying that uh, he represents Wells Fargo, which became the owner of the premises as a result of foreclosure and sale. You are now in possession of the premises without any authority and permission of our client, and you must vacate immediately. That's it. Then it goes into if you're a veteran, et cetera, et cetera. Do you have a copy of the court order? Yes. Is it signed? I have two court orders 
Court orders, orders what? For the eviction? No. Yes. No. Is I uh, see. I, I'm not that good with foreclosures and evictions and all that, but um, for them to evict you, do they not have to have an eviction order? I think they ha should have a hearing. Yes, and after the hearing, there should be an order, right? I would believe so. Yes. If you go into the courthouse and ask to see the file, are they going to give you a hard time? No. Well, they want to give you half of the file. The rest they hide from you. And you all can notice that when you have a hearing. Look at your big case file in front of the judge. And look what they give you when you're you're at the other uh, office trying to get your case. And it's tiny. But remember I told you about I did my claim and the judge denying me? Yeah. I still have to. I'm going to object to that. See what's going to work with that. But I'm also going to be putting something back into their case. Well, I would maybe go and look in the file and tell them you require a copy of the eviction order. And if, they say, and if they I've say been... they don't have one or they don't want to give you one, then I would maybe write a letter to the man or woman acting as lawyer for Wells Fargo and require a copy of the eviction order. Well, what's funny is this is a whole whole different lawyer, whole different uh, LLC. Well, if he sent you a letter, send him one back. I know. I don't know what to put on it. I mean, this guy came out of the blue. Yeah, so you got a letter from a guy, send the guy a letter. Right? He's the I, one that's telling you to get out. Right. I'll send him a letter. I'm not sure to how to address it. Because he's not asking for money. He's not, you know, a debt collector. Well, in a way he is, but in a way he's not. He didn't do any paperwork in court. What does that have to do with anything? I never send I'm... you a letter before. If I send you a letter saying, hey, Cheyenne, give me a million dollars or else. You just gonna send me a million dollars? You gonna send me a letter and say, Mike, who the hell are you? What do I owe you a million dollars for? You're gonna you're gonna send me a letter back and ask me why, right? Right. Proof that I owe or something. Well, that's it. Proof that I owe. I mean, this guy's just saying, get the fuck, well, get out. Well, you gotta send him a letter. Who are you to ask me to get out? I require a copy of the order that says that I'm evicted or that I must get out. Gotcha. Right. But you might be able to find out from the courthouse if there is an eviction order or not. Right. If there's an eviction order, you might want to deal with the eviction order. If there is no eviction order, probably a good idea to tell them that you require a copy. 
Well, suppose they don't have to do a eviction order. I'm pretty sure they would, but let him say that there's no order. Let him himself order you to leave. Put himself on the hook. Okay. Well, no judge ordered you to uh, to leave, but I'm ordering you. Let him say Wells Fargo orders you to leave. Gotcha. Like if I tell you, get out of your house, you're going to tell me to piss off unless I have some kind of proof that I have the authority to tell you to get out. See, that's where I I have to get better because right there you're just like making them dig their own hole. And that's where I have to get better. Yeah, I don't know. It just makes sense. Somebody tells me to do something, I'm going to ask them why. Right. My neighbor comes over and says, hey, shovel my driveway. Why? Oh, I'll, I'll pay you to do it. Oh, okay. No problem. Oh, because you wrote me this letter last winter saying you were gonna come, you were gonna come shovel my driveway. Oh, that's right. Yeah, okay. If they have no reason why, pff, I'm not doing it. Right. I want your opinion of me objecting to the judge's order on my claim. Um, I mean, is there any way you can overturn an order? Or how did Bally do that? He just asked for them to sign it and date it and put the seal on it? Well, see, I don't know, because there, um, there was problems with your claim. I'm wondering if it might be a better idea to just start a new one. There wasn't problems with my claim. I amended it and and corrected some things, and I went right to the point. Who's the man or woman going to come forth? Yeah, it was like four questions. But she ended up overturning. uh, She ended up going back to the first. There's no such thing as a question in a claim. Right, if I find a gold mine, if I discover gold, I'm not going to write a claim and say, did I discover gold? I'm going to tell them. I discovered gold. Here's where it is. Anybody got a claim to it or is it all mine? I'm going to have to relook and see what I wrote. Now you got me thinking. Because if that's my bike sitting on my front lawn, I'm not going to ask anybody anything. That's my bike, period. Who do I have to ask? What do I have to ask? It's mine. Right. Hey, so Cheyenne, here. Cheyenne, can I say something to you? Sure. Name's Alan from uh, Indiana. Hi, Alan. Uh, listening to Carl's stuff, I uh, on that vehicle uh, separating the registration from the state, I uh, put a legal notice in the newspaper. You have to call up the newspapers and ask them who takes legal notices. Right. And you got to run it for three weeks uh, to uh, be public. Right. 
And I wrote, uh, any man, uh, woman, wants to make a claim to title of property. And I put my address my uh, of my uh, home. And then also I put uh, description uh, GMC uh, 2500 van. And then I put the VIN number on the van for identif- on the paper for identification of the van. If no claim before uh, me in 21 days, forever hold your piece uh, property to be known as clear title, no title. And then I uh, put my name there and ran it for three weeks in the legal. Then I took and uh, made a copy of it and uh, put a paid receipt for the van signed by the uh, dealer I bought it from. Uh, He marked it paid in full and put the date and signed his name to it. And uh, so I took the paid receipt plus the legal notice plus a sheriff's identification card to identify me. And then uh, I put an insurance uh, policy number on it that it's the property is insured. And I filed it with the uh, county recorder. And then I did send, uh, I sent it to the secretary of state, but he didn't understand what I was doing. So I got to write him another letter. But I was going to send it take it, maybe uh, go see the sheriff and take it to him of my county. And uh, on the back of the vehicle, I basically put in uh, uh, two-inch letters insured property and not for hire. And I've been driving around about nine months now, and I haven't been stopped yet. And see what happens. And what kind of tags do you have? Pardon? What kind of tags do you have? No tag. No tag? No. I never registered it with the state. So I never registered it and I got plates for it, nothing. Which is why I was saying, Cheyenne, that you should probably deregister your vehicle. Oh, I plan on it. But I was just in a rush to hurry up and get this one on the road because my truck, my other truck, is a 95 Nissan. And the frame on the left side was like two-thirds broken. And it's a two-frame truck. So I would have been just on one frame. Or hopefully the cab would have kept up the bed. So I was in a hurry. Because I was on my way of getting out of the system. But then I had to get right away back in to put this other truck on the road. But, yeah, I will. But back to that gentleman with the notices, yes, I've done that with the house back in, I think, last year sometime. Well, I, I, would, write, I would put the legal notice in the paper and then send that to the state. And are they making a claim for your property? And it's your property. Well, hey, I'll try anything. Well, it, it kind of makes sense, right? Because if you say this truck belongs to me, it's my property, yeah. 
and no other man or woman comes forward and says it's their property, obviously it's settled right there, right? Well, I could do that with my home. Yeah, property's property. And I also did last year with my home, I ended up going to the um, CFO, who was John Swab or John something, and I wanted to stay in honor. That was, you know, when I met Carl. Well, prior I met Carol, but started listening to him more. Um, I did a notice to stay in honor, and I uh, did two money orders, and they never cashed them, nor did they ever write, um, send them back. So I did a um, postal search, and that's how I found that out. So I followed up with a few more notices, default. They're still in my back pocket. That's my ace. I still haven't used them. We're going into different topics, I understand, but I don't know if that works. That didn't work. They didn't stay in honor. I did try to pay, stay in honor. They never answered me. And it was, and Mike, you'd be proud of me. It was only a couple of sentences. I don't know if they were questions. I hope not. Yeah, if it's your property, you're not asking questions. You're just letting them know this is my property. Right. Like, I don't know, a claim, a, a, it's just a claim is not a question. Like you're not asking, can I claim this or did I claim this? It's just yours, period. I will go back to either tonight or tomorrow and see if I did that. But, I mean, she had nothing to do with my case, even though they never responded. They never came forth. They never did anything. And she did state state that. But uh, she went more for the foreclosure case that because I did not appeal it, that I'm disappointed. That she ruled against me with with perjury. No, no, I'm sorry, not perjury. With um prejudice. Yes. And now she, she just, just became the president. She Mike, dismissed now with Mike, 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 with. She just became the president. Building maintenance. Yeah, she um, she doesn't have the right or authority or jurisdiction, whatever, to dismiss a claim. But I'm wondering if you should just start over, write a different claim. Because the last one, there was problems with it. So I don't know if it's worth salvaging or... In the cover sheet letter, I did put, they do have um, common law, which I was shocked. They did have common law and and a slash statutory.
And then when what they put on that what you can see in the online, they did have common law first, but then they had slash statutory. And I even crossed that out. Statutory. When I did the cover in. So I don't know if anyone else, if their cover sheets are like that, if they do mention common law. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's because you're in a commonwealth or not. No, I think what she did, she ended up flipping back to their statutory. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Did they dismiss a claim, a complaint, or a motion? Because they could have converted it. Apparently they did somewhere. But then at the same time, like I, I've told you this before, I really don't want to go to court. Now, she did it for, for me to sort the proceedings of the, because I did do trial by jury. So I got a letter uh, stating to uh, set that up, I guess. And I really didn't want to go to court. I don't like that place. I was only there for a few times, but I just don't care for it. Too much negativity. And then see all those people, just don't like it. So what I did is I ended up moving for the orders, my orders. And then that's when she ruled against me. What was the reason that the claim was dismissed? She said I was disappointed in the ruling of the foreclosure case. Because what? I was disappointed in the ruling of the foreclosure case, and I did not do an appeal. She dismissed your claim because you didn't file an appeal? Yes. That's funny. It doesn't even make sense. Let me see if I can quick find it. No, I read it to you before. A claim in your case has nothing to do with any other case, especially a statutory case. It's got nothing to do with an appeal. And now, this 6th day of November 2014, this consideration, and I was in there as the prosecutor, prosecutor, right? She changed, she flipped it. Upon consideration of plaintiff request of the court and her orders to void summary judgment to discharge with, what's that word again, Mike? Prejudice. Prejudice. Void the transfer of the deed and compensation of trust, past harm, and injury, both relating to a previous action in a mortgage foreclosure. It is hereby ordered, request is denied. 
Yeah, see, that wasn't a claim. She flipped it to a motion or a request and just said, no, no cookie for you. Footnotes say the subject of the above capture matter appears to be referenced plaintiff dissatisfaction with the outcome of the mortgage foreclosure action filed by Wells against plaintiff. We note that the judgment in REM was entered in favor of Wells and against plaintiff. It appears It appears that no appeal was filed in the matter. Because the court has already ruled on the substance of the issued raise in an incident matter through this decision rendered in this action, matter must be dismissed. Yeah, they took it and made it totally statutory. They made Joe to be a crybaby and a poor loser and just said no. No, again, I called myself the prosecutor and I called them wrongdoers. Yeah, and it was a request and you were expressing dissatisfaction on a previous case. It had nothing to do with a previous case or any other case for that matter. Correct. Yeah, they just totally took it as a as you whining for a cookie and they said no. Now there's no seal. It's just her signature. That's it. I'm I'm actually surprised it's not rubber stamp. Now for it to be a true order, doesn't it have to have the the seal? Yes. Sealed and signed. I'm sorry, and what? Sealed, like the court seal, and it has to be signed. Usually they're signed by the judge or the court clerk. And another thing, it's not like, you know, how they have on the bottom, like a J or whoever they are, nothing's there. What do you mean? Well, underneath your signature, they always have, like, a J or judge or honorable or magistrate. Nothing's underneath that. Yeah, I'm not sure if that makes a difference or not. Yeah, I don't know either. I was just pointing it out. Now, the foreclosure order, it was rubber stamped, no seal. I asked for a large amount of time, and he denied it. Bango. Summary judgment. There's no seal on it? No. Rubber stamped. I don't even know, because I've been noticing some of the rubber stamps. Say, um, say Mike Jones. And they only have Mike and J.O. On the rubber, on the rubber stamp. I've seen more of that with lawyers 
than so-called judges. With the foreclosure orders rubber stamped, you might want to uh, require a signature. You might want to check the court file because the one in the court file could be signed. But I'm guessing it'll be rubber stamped. And that's how Bally did. He ended up asking him to have it signed. Well, it's no accident that it was rubber stamped. Right. So then why didn't this judge have it rubber stamped? Probably because your claim wasn't a proper claim anyway. Not only that, they found an easy way to just say it's a request. They completely ignored that it has its own case number. They even took out prosecutor and made you a whiny little plaintiff. She figured this one was easy. Any judge looking over her shoulder would say, yep, she did the right thing. That's how I would have done it. Damn it, sometimes when you think you had to figure it out, you back to square one. Other little baby things I've been doing is just writing the letter, um, writing out letters and one or two questions, and so forth, that's working. I've also been writing to my um, courthouse, different areas, one or two questions, and I'm telling you what, they are like lightning. And I'm mailing this stuff. Yeah, I've had a hard time getting uh, people at the courthouse to sign documents. Nobody wants to put their name on anything in, anymore. But I, uh, I sent a letter to the woman acting as chief magistrate of the uh, family courthouse and uh, I just sent it regular mail but I wrote private mail on the outside of the envelope and she wrote back and she actually signed it. She's the only one in that courthouse. Judges, lawyers, clerks, clerks of the court, nobody will sign anything. I sent it regular mail, said private mail on the envelope and she actually wrote back to me and signed it. What was this with this um, last lawyer I got telling me to get out? He signed it. Blue ink. But as far as the courthouse, yeah, you get some genetic that nobody will sign, and then some you'll get that they will sign. And I don't recall, when you do go to the courthouse, um, I know it's Title 18, I know I don't want to do code, but uh, as far as them not wanting to file, but what it, which one is it when they're not allowed to look at your stuff? Because mine is huge on looking at your stuff. Um, 
I don't know. I'm not really sure if it matters. If they're not supposed to be reading your stuff, technically all they need to know is the name, the, I don't know, there's a few things. They need to know that it's signed. Um, it needs to have two parties. There's a few other things it probably has to have, but um, they don't need to know what the complaint's about. They're not a judge. They're not a lawyer, so they're not authorized or qualified to do anything other than file it any, anyways. Correct, but isn't there somewhere in the code that says that? I have no idea. But I know there is, but I, I, and really I know the other one. Go ahead, sorry. If she sign or if she reads my documents, I really don't care. Just file it. And if she doesn't file it, then I send her a letter. Why? Why are you interfering with my right to access the court? Something along those lines. Yeah, that's a big deal because that's actually. Uh... It's in the Constitution itself. It's something you can hold her liable in her official capacity. She's She technically can't make any uh, legal determination, and she cannot refuse your paperwork at all. It's not part of but her job do. description. They do. The first thing with my courthouse, the first thing they do is read the paperwork, and then they decide if they can file it or not. But see, the only reason she can say she's not filing it is if there's, say, no signature on it or you didn't put the name of the parties or maybe if it doesn't say what court location or something like that. There's certain information that has to be on there. But as far as the the body of the lawsuit or the body of the document, they're not allowed they have no no right or authority to make a judicial determination and they can't give legal advice so what is what is the point of them reading your your property i'm just saying at my courthouse and this is i haven't been there in ages and i haven't been in this area where you record i was always in other areas so that one time when i was telling you know saying i'm out of the 10 mile square and they gave me such a hard time that they, they read it. No, we're not filing it. I said, yeah. well, first they're, they're like, well, they were just trying to get out of it. And they were making up all kinds of BS. And I even had the head ones out. And then the one finally figured out, well, it's not acknowledgement. I said, well, it's notarized. So I had to run into a town that I did not know trying to find an acknowledgement. Thank God I ran into this one store and I was telling her a little bit about it. She says, come on back here. She hooked me up with this one guy and we ended up rechanging the acknowledgement letter because the, the acknowledgement letter puts you right back in. Changed that, took it back to the courthouse. They balked, but they, they end up filing it. But what I knew now, that never would have happened. Back then, I let them push me around. 
But back to it, yes, they like to read it before they file it. Yeah, sometimes they'll give it to a judge and a judge will uh, dismiss it or deny it or whatever. But as far as the lady that's filing it, I really don't give a shit if she reads it. Just file it when you're done reading it. Well, you see, I do care if they read it because then if they read it, then they'll end up saying, ma'am, we're not filing it. I think that they would can't deny you access to the court. Yeah, think I about even it. said think that. I even okay. said, what was that one, Mike, what's that one thing that you say? Oh, file on demand. I even said that. Nope. You see, see, that's why I'm a big fan of mailing it. I guess for you guys, it's certified. Up here in Canada, it's registered, but I would just mail it in certified. Get a write up a quick little cover letter, uh, cover letter. I've done be that very, before, and they be sent very, my money order. I've done that before, and they end up sending me my money order back. And what did you send them back? Nothing. There you go. They said, oh, just send, Cy- just send Cy- Cheyenne's ship back to her, and she'll go suck her thumb and pout. They were and hoping that you weren't going to write back to them. And I also mentioned that day uh, when they told me about the acknowledgement. I said, well, great. I said, I'll put it on a napkin. Nope. Yeah, if they tell you to do something and you do it, that's your problem. I know, Mike. I know. If they tell you, to, if they tell you they're not going to do something and you ask them why, then that puts them in the hot seat. Mike, I'm a year wiser. Thank you very much. (laughs) And a lot of that had to do with you. As long as you're getting wiser, I guess that's good, right? That's yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. A little longer in the tooth? Nope. So at least I'm trying. Give me some credit. Somewhere. Please. <laughs> Thank you. Hello. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. We're all learning. I can go to the liquor, I can go to the liquor store and get a bottle of Wiser. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just kidding. Every time, they, uh, every time they send you a letter and you fail to respond, they won. You drop the ball. Oh, I knew that now. I didn't miss that back then. Yeah, he who leaves the battlefield first loses. Yeah, I didn't know that, then, that back then. I mean, I was putting the pieces together. I knew about, you know, what they were doing. And, oh, my God, when I first realized what was going on, I couldn't sleep at night throwing up. I mean, this is evil. This is really evil. And the more I dug in a foreclosure and IRS and then credit cards, and then it just comes back to the same thing, then reading my own codes in the state, 
And title, if anyone's on Pennsylvania, title 20, have a good read on that one. It will make you, well, you will really see what's going on. And I put that down, read it, and like, that can't be happening. And then you're reading more and more to get your shit out of foreclosure and more into the rabbit hole and and the more you're, let's get on to a different topic, please. So yeah, you you know, you're learning, and you're you know you're gonna figure it out, and you know it takes thirty days to keep going back to the paperwork with these people for about four months at that. Bottom line, right, Mike? Yep. Yeah, I should really uh, learn more about foreclosure and eviction and all that stuff, but I don't know it sounds a little confusing and it uh, doesn't sound like a whole lot of fun and I can't see myself ever being in that situation. Oh, trust me, Mike, I didn't either. If it wasn't for my car accident. But then I took away all my savings to stay in honor and then what little bit that I get from the car, car accident, put that towards the mortgage and then I just couldn't do anymore. So I did stay in honor. Took all my savings. So, I mean, I could have been a prick and said, screw you, I'm going to keep my savings. And I think I got, like, what, five grand car accident? But, I mean, what can you do? I can't work until I get surgery. So it is what it is. But anyhow, at least I did try to stay in honor. And then last year after uh, Carl was saying about um, staying in honor, doing the best you could do, I did that. And the response, they didn't cash the money orders, nothing. Did they send the money orders back? No. They kept them? Yes. They accepted? Well, they didn't cash them. Doesn't matter. They kept them. Right. Was there an expir- expiration on the uh, the, the uh, check? Money order okay, is, uh, I think, a year. But I did a search. That was 11 bucks and 23 cents per money order. I did two. And I got a reply back from the, the post office that they were not cashed. It's irrelevant. You sent them as payment. They accepted your payment. So what if they didn't spend it? Who cares? You offered a payment. You sent the payment. They kept the payment. They accepted. You paid. Asking. I'm just asking. And now what? <laughs> well, the way I see it, the matter is settled. I guess you stopped paying? Yes. I did the one money, the two money orders, and then I wrote back, did you, doing the second orders, did you or did you not receive my money orders so I can stay in honor, something to that effect. 
and then I think the third one was um, something about um, what I would what I would be asking for, and then the third was the, the default. We'll see if if you if you had to send them a check. If they kept the check, that's payment. Whether they cash it or not is irrelevant. If they kept it, they accepted it. With a money order, you actually paid for the money order up front. That money order is cash. So you paid. It actually came out of your pocket, your bank account, wherever. You actually paid that money out. That cost you money. Right. If they accepted what, the check, whether they cash it or not, if they accepted the check, they still accepted the, the deal. They agreed to it. But the check, until they cash it, doesn't come out of your out of your pocket or out of your account. But with the money order, you actually paid. It's as good as sending cash as far as you're concerned because now you're out the money. They didn't send the money orders back. They didn't refund your account. They kept the money. They just haven't spent it yet. So at what point can she say that the money order is invalid or they didn't accept and pull that money back into your account? What do you mean they didn't accept? They didn't send it back. They did accept. Well, they they didn't send it back, but they didn't. Nobody notarized it in order to cash it. Notarize what? You buy a money order, you send it, you've paid. What is notarized? It's a money order. Hold on. I wish I had the, the postal, what they sent me. Keep talking. Come on, buddy. I think they did send me the money orders back, Mike. Let's see, that's post- different then. The postal office. If they sent the money orders back? No, no, no. The postal office. Oh. But just so you know in the future, anybody else listening to the call, if they send the check or the money order back, as far as I know, even in their own codes, they have to identify a defect or a flaw in the document meaning that you forgot to date it or forgot to sign it, or maybe you made the check out to the wrong entity. But they, a, a corporation, a man or woman, yes, but a corporation or an agency of the government, I think if they refuse your check or money order, they have to explain what the problem is. They can't just send it back and say, tough, we don't want it, we're taking your house. If I buy your skateboard for five bucks and I come up to you the next day and say, here's the five bucks you owe me. If you say, ah, don't worry about it. That means the skateboard was free. You've forgiven me of the debt. They have to accept it or they have to have a good reason for not accepting it. And they're not allowed to cause harm to man.
And if you're making money, you're still balancing the books and you're not causing any man or woman any financial harm. There's no harm, loss, or injury, no breach of contract. You're making the payments the best you can. There's no man or woman at Wells Fargo that's going to have a shitty Christmas because they didn't get the full payment. I'm trying to find the... Hello? Yep. I'm trying to... Give me a few minutes. I'm trying to find the exact... What the postal office sent me. So I'm going to mute myself out and try to find that. Yeah. um, Unless they sent you the money back, I don't know if it really matters, but... going on, Mike? Not much. What are you saying? Not much. Just hanging out. Yeah, me too. Doing a bunch of studying today. On good stuff? Yeah. Just doing a little bit more background information. Like, um, I can't remember what the guy's name is. Marcus? Yeah, the Servant King? Yeah. Definitely good stuff. Watched about a couple hours today. <clears throat> Pretty good stuff in there. Yeah, I don't know if he's uh, put out anything in the last little while, but uh, there's a lot of interesting stuff. He's kind of waking people up, but I don't think he offered any solutions anywhere. He definitely uh, raises some good points and gets people thinking. Yeah, that's definitely the, the real question now, the solution. Yeah, I think it's mostly uh, finding a polite way to force people to do their job.
Oh, yeah, so that uh, driving after revocation ticket, I actually was talking to the prosecutor, and he told me if I uh, pled guilty to um, uh, no driver's license in possession that um, that he wouldn't charge me with a driving after revocation and it wouldn't have any effects on my license or anything. Do you know what the fine would be for that? Yeah, it was a hundred dollar fee. Hundred dollar fine. Well, that's an easy way to make it go away. Did you do that in writing, though? Um. Yeah, I was just about to follow him up with a letter today. Where is my Oh, yeah, because I missed court on Friday, so they put a bench warrant out for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so um, that was kind of messed up on Friday. I had to race together uh, to get a letter quick to the judge to uh, quash the bench warrant. Um, Since uh, the prosecutor and I came to a... Um, resolution. I just really don't have too much more time to be wasting on it, you know what I mean? I got a little bit of experience out of it, though, for sure. Like writing yeah, letters back and forth. Yeah, if, if they offer me a deal and it's a good deal, I have no problem taking the deal. It just, you got to be careful. Yeah, so like I'd have to try to figure out what the conditions are or something if I accept it. Cause I, I really haven't. He's gonna send me a plea petition in the mail. And then we're gonna go from there. He said it's all done through the mail. Yeah, I don't know if it's uh if it's a small fine and nothing else might be a good idea. But if they want to I don't know, come up with a whole bunch of stupid conditions, I don't know about that. Well, <clears throat> either way, you know, I I didn't uh it was either that or the driving after revocation was like a $280 fine with like a $80 surcharge. And then the no Minnesota driver's license in possession was a $100 fine with an $80 surcharge. And if with the driving after revocation, you would, like, lose your license as well. It'd be, like, harder for me to get my license back right now if I wanted to get that benefit back. Yeah, I don't really see the need for going without a driver's license if you don't have to. If it's a matter of pay the 100 bucks and the service charge or whatever, might be an easy way to just make it go away. But you got to be careful, too. You don't want to sign some plea petition or whatever it is and just plead guilty and take what you get because who knows what they're going to add on. 
so I need like full disclosure, right? Um, I'm wondering if you should just send her a letter saying, uh, as a follow up to our conversation the other day, you suggested or you offered that I plead guilty to the not having the driver's license on my in my possession and pay the hundred dollar fine, the eighty bucks, and we're done. And just put it on paper, the outcome of the meeting. Like, to be honest, I don't see the point in a plea petition and everything else. So she said pay the fine and plead guilty or I don't know. Maybe it's just their form for pleading guilty. Never actually heard of a plea petition before. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of interested in seeing what this... Um looks like to as well. I should be getting it tomorrow or something. Yeah, so it was kind of my bad for uh, missing court. That would have sucked if it would have caught me. You know, I would have had to sit jail Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They would have came to my place and picked me up. Yeah, missing court's usually a bad idea. (laughs) The good thing about bench warrants is if you turn yourself in, you don't get arrested. Just say, oops, I slipped, I was late, whatever, I uh, missed court, I need a new date. They'll usually just give you a new date. If they yeah, catch I... you on the street if they catch you on the street or knock on your door, you're probably gonna get in some trouble. You'll get arrested, you'll sit in jail and have to get bail. Getting bail might be a little difficult because they had to come and find you and drag you in. Usually if you just turn yourself in and say, oops, I missed the uh, court date, I need a new one, they'll usually just give you a new one. They don't even care why. Dude, that would have been such a hassle, though, getting arrested. The only reason I even found out was because a bail bondsman, uh, that's a friend of mine, called me up and was like, uh, you know, uh, you have a warrant on the court calendar? I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, you had court today at 830. Oh, great. But I got in touch with the prosecutor right away. I just called him on the phone. And um, it took me a little bit to get a hold of him, but I finally got through to him and told him what what happened. And, you know, I just uh, forgot the date. He didn't give you a hard time or anything? No, because... No, I was pretty good about it. I told him kind of what happened and... um, just uh, that I wanted to get it resolved as soon as possible. I don't want to, you know, uh, drag it out. And I told him that I would, um, he, he's the one who came up with the offer. And I was like, yeah, that sounds good. I don't want to waste any more time on it anyways, you know. Because I got worked and I don't have time to be 
you know, coming to court for this petty traffic ticket, it's going to be like a hundred bucks or whatever, 200 bucks, which is not worth even a day of my time going to court, you know? So, um, I especially the, sitting for four hours and watching your fellow men jump through the meat grinder. <laughs> yeah. That's just, that's just not cool for me. So I got some good experience though, writing letters back and forth and talking to the, the, the court clerk and stuff like that. And, it's just good um, stuff, and just me practicing being really nice and trying to keep a positive attitude in there, and just being super nice to them, because I know I might have to deal with them again in the future, since this is you know kind of where I'm from, and um, I've been here for 25 years, so. Yeah, I'm guessing uh, he deals with enough people all day that are assholes, so it's probably nice to run into somebody who's actually okay. Yeah, he seemed like he was an all right guy. Like most people he talks to, usually whine and bitch, probably. Well, that's two court cases done so far now, I guess. (laughs) Getting lots of practice. I'm trying. Hello, I'm back for one minute. They end up sending me the uh, money orders back. The postal office. Because they were not cashed. So that means you could send them back and ask them to identify It's too late. It's It's been over a year. Yeah, I'm not sure. I wouldn't say it's too late. What's that? Wouldn't they still be in default? Well, remember, it's never too late to correct a mistake. Correct. But by not by them not cashing it, that that destroys that loan, the alleged loan. What's that? By them not cashing it, that destroys their alleged loan. Well, I don't know. According to the UCC, their law. Yeah, I think it's also in the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act, but I'm not sure if mortgage and stuff like that is the same as the That's Fair Debt, debt Collector. What's that? That's more debt collector. 
if you owe me ten bucks, if you owe me ten bucks, I'm a debt collector. Correct. There's a guy that's really good on debt collector. He's got a show on Tuesday. Not to say anything, you know. I don't know, but anyhow, I listen to him as well. Because actually, if you tie all this in IRS foreclosure debt collector, it's all the same. Yeah, that's a debt. That's there might a debt. be a little exactly. bit of a might be a little bit of a change here or there, but basically, a debt is a debt. Correct. Contract is a contract. And that has to do with driver's license, to homes, to you name it. It's all a contract. It's all commerce. Yep. You understand who you are. Understand who you are. If you are not in commerce at that time, then you are not in commerce at that time. But if you do owe a debt to a man or a woman, yes, pay it. But as far as these fictions, challenge them. Uh, yes and no. I I guess it's a matter of belief, but the way I see it is if you owe the debt, you owe the debt and pay it. Don't fiction this, fiction that, whatever. If you, if you made an agreement, stick to your agreement. But in the case of third-party debt collectors, you could just say that there is no contract and you're not paying. But I think it's more honorable to find out how much they actually paid for the original debt and then pay them what they paid. Basically saying I caught you guys breaking the law, but I'm honorable enough to pay you at least what you paid out. Well, you can't get a full accountant, one. Because it's never a true bill, two, three, oh, I lost three. Come on, three, come back. If I, I get it that we're not corporations, but. Oh, whoa, 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 Mike, I got three. They cannot charge you interest. They mm-hmm. just say that they end up coming, hey, Mike, you owe me six grand, but I'm also charging per month interest and fees and blah, blah, blah. That they cannot do. Yeah. Okay, okay go ahead. Sorry to interrupt. Um, I don't know. I forget what I was going to say. I don't know how important <laughs> it is. I do want to thank you, Mike. Even how many times you spanked me, I want to thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, no problem. You're a good person. You're a good person. But I know at times I got pissed at you by doing that, but thank you. Yeah, I know I, a lot of people get mad at me, but, oh, well, if I got a point, I got a point. But, uh, no, no it, it, it was maybe I didn't want to agree with it at that time. It took days, like, oh, screw you, Mike. Go out with your birds. Yeah. And, like, and then that light bulb comes on, like, gosh, don't neck. Damn him. Light bulb comes on. Well, I'm not saying I'm always right. A lot of time it's just a matter of what my opinion is. But I don't know if it's my opinion. I'm not going to tell people that my opinion is wrong or I don't know. Oh, and another one, I want to thank you. Sometimes you go down at the mailbox and you'd say, not another one. 
and you get all pissy and shitty. And the next thing you know, here comes Mike. I go down to my mailbox. I love it when I open that. I pee my pants. <laughs> then you got to start laughing. Legal documents are kind of like they're comic books. Yeah, ahead. legal documents are like comic books to me. Right. Instead of getting pissed, you're like, damn, Mike's peeing his pants. <laughs> He's jumping for joy. Uh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, no problem. Hmm. Okay, I just wanted to add, add that in. I didn't want to interrupt you and that guy. Go ahead. I'll mute out. On PS, tonight is Cheyenne's passing of two years. <laughs> Pardon? I said tonight is the night of Cheyenne passing two years. I didn't hear the last part. Passing of two years. I know for some reason it's hard for me to understand what you're saying. Oh, it's two-year mark for my dog, Cheyenne. Oh, wait, your dog's two years old? No, she passed away two years ago. Oh, sorry. Oh, no. I'm just saying today's a two-year mark. What a nice little... Hi, Cheyenne. That's all. Maybe she'll catch one of your birds. (laughs) All right, I'll mute out. Okay, thanks. Everybody else asleep? No. Got pretty quiet. Anyone else having any uh, success stories or any help? Yeah, success stories are always good. Yes, sir. Who was the gentleman talking earlier? I think that was Richie. I'm not sure, though. Where's Brian? Uh, Brian was just on the call. Yep, he's still on. I'm listening. Okay. Hi, Brian. Hi, how you doing? Good, how are you? I'm all right. We just got uh, about two inches of snow and a sheeting of ice. Where are you? On Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah, okay. You're not too far away. 
I think what we'll probably about six hours. I'm sorry. What? I think we're like six hours. Yeah, six think. hours. Uh, horizontally, we're probably somewhat close. Huh. You get uh, the lake effect, don't you? We get everything. Mm-hmm. I think everybody. Go. I think everybody's getting everything with these chemtrails. But hey, who knows? You should uh, petition to change the state. I'm gonna. I'm gonna mute out with my dog. <laughs> I'm gonna say, Cheyenne, you should petition to change the state's name. <laughs> I'm gonna be heading to bed soon myself, so I'm just, I'm just gonna listen in. So, anyone else want to talk? Go ahead. Hey, Mike. Hope everything's well. Yep, so far so good. <laughs> there you go. Good. Still breathing. <laughs> Sounds like a minimum. <laughs> That's all I'm required to do, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's required. <laughs> required of your body, but not required of anyone else. Anything else? Don't worry, soon enough we'll have a levy on that. Yeah, I'm sure Al Gore's working on something. Yep. Greenhouse gas. How many humans are uh, expelling carbon dioxide? <laughs> Does he actually have a fart bill passed yet? Um, I, He's probably pretty close. I think Bill Gates is working on some other stuff too, right? <laughs> <laughs> Watch out. Never know. Yeah, okay, I'm going to mute out. We'll talk to you later, okay? Right. Okay, ciao. Yeah, so it's nice and quiet now. Another hour, 10, hour and 15 minutes, and we'll be done. I had to mute out because of my dogs. <coughs> well, I'm sure we can find some other topic that we can help other people, people learn or us learn or, or people with, with their finding out. In court, what they what they can't do, can 
cannot do? Is anyone going to hearing well, written down? Well, and... what I did with um, with that prosecutor, uh, they put a bench warrant out right away for me. I missed court at 8.30. The judge signed it, whatever, and um, uh, because I didn't show up. And I found out within a few hours of missing court, somebody called me and told me that they saw that um, there was a warrant out for my arrest. Um, so immediately I was trying to call the court, talk to somebody there. And I was trying to get a hold of uh, the prosecutor, or Jim. Um, finally got a hold of him and then kind of just told him the situation. And then he told me I would have to send a letter to the judge by fax or email to quash, quash the warrant. So... Um, That was kind of different. He was kind of being good. Like, he was kind of just kind of telling me what to do, you know? I think it was just because I was just, I don't know, my attitude is really good with him. And so when I was talking with him over the phone, he was just kind of telling me what I should do and stuff. Well, I think the thing is, is, there's a big difference between not going to court and hiding out from the cops. And I made a simple mistake. I missed court. I'm here on my own to uh, fix the problem. Like they didn't have to send anybody out looking for you and drag you back in. You came in on your own. So you showed a certain amount of honor just in showing up on your own and fixing it. Like if I owe you money and I skip town, that's pretty dishonorable. If I owe you money and I don't have it, as long as I call you and say it's going to be another day or two and I'll get it right to you, at least I'm not avoiding you. Yeah, because if I wouldn't have done anything about it, you know, it would have just... It wouldn't have looked good, you know. My, it would, I'd just add another ticket to the long rap sheet that I already have, you know. Yeah, for a traffic stop, I don't know if they would actually just show up at your house. I think that's pretty rare. I think for a traffic stop, they would just wait until they ran your name through the computer next time. it's something serious, I'm sure they'd come to your door and get you. Well, the bonds lady said there's a big red W by my name. <laughs> That's how she knew. Well, I didn't know you could fax documents to the court. Like, uh, you could take a picture of your, uh, letter and then fax it into them. Yeah, you can do that. I don't recommend it, but. Well, I just had to get it to them, you know, right away. I had to get it to the prosecutor and then the letter to the judge. Um, because pretty much I told them, um, 
quash the bench warrant uh, that because James and I have a resolution in the matter. So they would, um, you know, not have the cops come looking for me or whatever. So I called them and asked them if it was the sheriffs that served those or if it was the police department. And they said it was the police. Municipal police. Owatonna, Minnesota. And then if, you know, I would have gotten picked up or turned myself in, I would have had the the fines for the booking and the fines to either be bailed out or um, any of that crap. Yeah, and it's good not to get dragged away in handcuffs in front of all your neighbors again. Well, if I would have handled the stop differently, you know, um, which was a few months ago, and that was like first round when I was starting to get into Carl and, you know, doing more research and more research. And then a couple months went by and I kept doing more research and more research. And, you know, so that's why I just kind of want to get this out of the way and then um, handle it a lot more effectively the next time around if I get a ticket and stuff like that. Kind of like what you guys are trying to do with your property. You guys are doing, like, sending letters and stuff. If that lady would have added, um, like, you know, respond within 10 days or you agree to everything that's in here, you know, asking if there's a contract and whatnot. Yeah, I can see in some cases if you're in some kind of serious hurry, but other than that, I don't really worry about giving them a time limit to respond by. But if you give them that time limit and they don't respond, don't they usually just agree to it then if they don't respond? Yeah, but... If they don't respond, they're in dishonor, and they agreed anyways. Yeah, I I understand. But you got to send those follow-up letters, right? Showing that, like, since you didn't respond to this other letter, and then you send them another one of a copy of the letter that you sent. Well, the way I look at it is if I send certified or registered mail and you signed for it, you got it. I don't give a shit what you say. You got it, you signed for it, you're done. So my follow-up letter is going to be my kick in the balls question number two. Point out something else that they don't have. Point out another flaw in their case.
I figure why waste why waste a good opportunity to to ask a question by I, I just I, I see it more effective to send another question instead of just repeating the same question two or three times. Because I could I could send a question, then send the same letter again as a follow up, and then again, and big deal, I have the same letter three times. And I proved that they got the same question three times. I'd rather send them three letters and have them in default three times. You could also send your second letter asking a second question and say, oh, by the way, here's a copy of the first letter I sent you. Okay. Sometimes I'll send the first letter registered mail, and if they don't respond, I'll send them a second letter with a second question and enclose the first letter. That way, I got two letters for one registered mail. Right, Pay once for registered mail, and you gave them the letter and the other letter at the same time by registered mail. So now you're going to have proof that they got both letters because they signed for it. So do you try to operate in the two dimension anymore, second dimension? Yeah, Mike, sometimes. It's hard to avoid it. It's unless you're living in a in a tree out in the middle of the woods, it's kind of hard to be completely out of that system. Besides there's benefits in that system that I that I wouldn't mind using. Yeah, I got a bank account, but I don't have millions of dollars in it. I live in the city, so I don't actually have to have a, a car or a driver's license or anything, so I don't have to deal with that. I just take the bus or walk. I don't own a house, so I don't have a mortgage. I don't have any credit cards. I'm just getting to the point where... If I don't need a contract with a corporation or a government, I don't bother. Yeah, because you never really own anything anyways, right? Right. I don't know. As far as I'm concerned, everything belongs to God anyways. Anything I claim to be my property, I guess, is pretty much my property unless another man or a woman can prove otherwise.
and they'd have to prove that with what evidence? Some kind of evidence, yeah. So, like, see when I go when I go to McDonald's, they own the Big Mac. As soon as I pay for the Big Mac, I own the Big Mac. And I've and although McDonald's did have a vested interest, they did buy the buns, they bought the patties, the pickles, and everything else. But as soon as I paid for it, I bought their their vested interest. Now they no longer own anything to do with that Big Mac. So at that point, I claim that is, that Big Mac is my property. And if McDonald's says no, 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 we own that, I say no, 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 no. I got the receipt. I paid for it. And the guy standing in line behind me can't claim that he owns it. He didn't pay for it. He didn't make it. He didn't buy the ingredients. So if I say it's my Big Mac, I got a bill, I'd like to see another man or woman say they own it. And that receipt is kind of like a bill of sale. I'm the guy that put all the money in. I'm the guy that owns it now. It's like if I cut a tree down in my backyard and I make a chair. That's my chair. Nobody else can claim a vested interest in that chair. So I can sell it for whatever I want. As soon as you come and pay for my chair, that means you've paid for the the wood that I used and my time and effort in building the chair. So once you buy it, it's yours now. I can't claim that I own the chair anymore. I've been paid off. Same thing with a mortgage. You go to a bank and you borrow money or credits or whatever you want to call it. And as soon as you paid off every last dollar, you own that house completely. The bank can't say they own it anymore. Which is why you tell them you require the original note because that means you paid it. They no longer own it. They have to give it over. How do you get that? Well, you'll probably never get it, but you can get something in writing saying that you've paid it. I would say at least nine times out of ten, it's been monetized and sold and transferred a few times. And who knows, you'll never, you'll probably never see the original note again, but. I kind of want to try to do that with my grandparents' property. Well, that would be more up to your parents, I think. Well, they're not kind of around. Well, if you make a claim and nobody else makes a claim, I guess it's yours. I'm, you know, I'm kind of still here with them and stuff, and I still help out with everything. And I'm sure, you know, when it comes time, when they're getting older, I'll be around still, and I'm having to take care of things. 
Because um, they, my grandparents had two girls, so I'm not sure if that. Well, you know, there's not really anybody else. To think of. Just be kind of nice for them to know, you know. Nobody ever questions why about anything or any, you know, everybody just goes with the flow. Yep. Least resistance. Yep, that's just the way it is. And you can't save everyone. You can't save anyone. All you can do is offer information. Yeah, but when I get that uh, plea petition, I'll definitely post it up and everybody know what's going on with that. Yeah, I've never actually heard of one before, so. <laughs> yeah, he says I don't have to come to court anymore. I just threw the mail. Yeah, he told me I could take as much as time as I wanted to pay, too, the fine, which is pretty nice. Yeah, they're not going to die if they don't get the money all up front. 
What if I didn't want to accept the offer? What if you didn't? Yeah. Then they'd probably just drag you into court and make you pay it all. <laughs> yeah, he said that he I, I shouldn't have went I didn't want to go to trial with it. I don't know, there's a chance if you went to trial and you played your cards right you maybe could beat the charges, but on the other hand, you might lose bad. If you can pay 200 bucks instead of 500 bucks or 400 bucks, whatever, was it 200 bucks or 400 bucks? I'd maybe think about taking the cheaper one just so I don't have to go in and fight, take a gamble. Yeah, I got to send a letter to another judge anyways in a different matter. So you've never heard about... um declaratory judgments or people like asking the judge if there's probable cause for the ticket yeah i've heard of declaratory judgments but i've never really looked into them i've never done one um i, don't know, I guess it'd probably be a good idea in some situations i don't know if it'd be good for all situations though yeah, there. The guy was kind of talking to me about, um, like how traffic tickets are usually not as big of a, you know, a risk. So for like the judge to determine probable cause for the ticket or not, it's pretty easy, and the judge knows there's knows there wasn't any probable cause because there's no crime being committed. I think he pulled me over because there isn't a taillight or something like that. I never showed him a driver's license either. Um, he said I verbally ID'd, which I just, he just asked me for my name and my birthday and I gave it to him. I didn't even do any talk and he just kept yapping and yapping. I'm like, okay. Yeah, but I never got to uh, send him letters or anything. And um, I just didn't handle it right in the beginning. Because I think that's where everybody gets messed up. They're not doing the administrative remedies, you know? Yeah, I uh, tell everybody, try and settle it before you even go to court. Yeah, and before they know it, they're in court already. So, like, and then they're, like, they're trying to say they don't have jurisdiction. It's like, well, you're here, and you didn't do anything on the private side. You didn't do anything to figure it out. 
Um, and now you're here. And so, yes, you, we have jurisdiction over you. Like, I see those people on YouTube, like, just going back and forth with the judge. I'm like, wow, what, what is going on here? I'm like, man. Like, they got the right idea, you know, but they're just not, they're not thinking right. They don't see the bigger picture. Got to do more research. You can't just watch a few episodes of Carl on YouTube and think you, you know it all. You got to do your research. Like, I have notebooks full of notes of stuff that I've just taken tons and tons of notes. Um, Like that Charles guy, I kind of like what he was saying on Angela's talk show when uh, Carl came on. Sorry, what was the first part about Angela's call? When Carl came on? Um, like Charles and Carl? Yep. And then there was another guy uh, that following week on, or just this last Thursday, did you listen to that call? Um, I think I did. Who was it? Do you remember? I can't remember his name. It starts with like a Z or something. Oh, Zeke. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure about that Zeke guy. I don't know. Some yeah. of what he said was make was making sense. He was on the right track in some things. Yeah. I have no idea what he was talking about. Yeah, he kind of lost me on a lot of things. But the things that he kind of he kind of he he knows what he's doing, but he doesn't know how to say it properly, you know. And then he just goes off on a tangent, and he just he just loses you. And then um, you know, but the stuff that he says when it's good, you got to write it down and. And follow it up, but um, yeah, he you know when he was referencing Carl, I would just fill in some of the Carl stuff that um, that um, I'd replaced in his words, and it fit and it worked perfect, and, you know, looked good. So like you were saying, you can't just go expect to use the cookie cutter Carl method, and and it's gonna work. You got to try different things. There's different, everything's, you know the same but it's not the cases are all you know unique but they're not at the same time yeah every case is roughly the same but the small details can be a huge difference and it all depends on the situation too that's why there's no real cookie cutter because uh, there's a lot of variables. Like, is it your first letter, your second letter? Have they sent you a letter yet? Have you been threatened? There's all kinds of stuff. Yeah, you get. Well, you see, that's the thing too. You got to know what the causes for action are. You know what I mean? You got to know. If you don't know what they're doing, you know it's a trespass, right? Yeah. Well, cops. Well, see, it's, it's there's things like is the question is there a debt or is the question how much of the debt is owing? 
or it could be the difference like uh is it the original debt collector or is it a third party debt collector because that changes everything it's still a debt it's still treated the same but it's how you approach it is much different like do you want all the charges to go away or do they have your property that you're expecting to get back because if they're holding your property that makes a big difference are you talking to a man or are you talking to a corporation because that's a huge difference so if somebody was wanted to buy a vehicle or buy and not register it they legally can't take it right well they have no control or authority over it but if i did register it they would say blah 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 since you registered you know you gave us control over it yeah we'll see when you're registering it you're a legal person or a licensed driver or a citizen or a resident or something because when you register it you're using the the legal name you're not a man or a woman anymore you're a corporation and it's a, a corporation registering their property with daddy corporation so what if i have what if i even what if i like using my uh fiction and i just i um only use it you know when i need to so you know i have to don't i have to make a declaration do i not to who for what we'll kind of let letting um the people well if you're a man and if you're a man and your car is your property why are you registering it with anybody under any name If I buy if I buy a car and I don't want to register it, I could write a letter to the Secretary of State, the man or woman acting as Secretary of State, and I could say, I'm a man, I just bought this property. See exhibit A. Um is there any law requiring a man to register his property? something like that secretary of state can't say yes because they have no jurisdiction over a man they might say all drivers must register their car they might say all citizens are required to register their vehicle whatever there's nothing in the law that says a man has to do anything and i would just point that out to um I would just point that out in the next letter would be saying um do you believe I am a driver or something like that No I would uh I don't know it depends if you got all kinds of time just do it one letter at a time just say uh just say I'm a man I bought this property is there any 
any law that requires a man to register his property. And then, or if you're in a bit of a hurry, you could probably write one something like, uh, I, a man, bought this property. I don't see any benefit in registering this property. And uh, I'm just letting you know that if if you can't provide a law that says I'm a man required to register my property, um, I'll expect your officers to piss off and leave me alone. But I think I would I would rather, if I have the time, write a letter and just ask him if he can find any law that requires a man to register it. And hopefully he'll send you a letter back saying, nope, we got no jurisdiction over a man. At which point now you have a beautiful exhibit that you could send to somebody that works at the DMV, somebody that works at the police station, whatever, whatever, whatever agency you think is going to bug you. And that's just giving them notice, you know, so like, like, hey, I gave you notice and um, now you're um, doing exactly what I, you know, I gave you fair warning and now you're harming me. Fair warning sounds ugly. It's kind of just giving them the heads up. Okay. Just letting you guys know I'll be on the road with my property. Get the fuck out of my way. <laughs> yeah, but find a find a polite way of saying. It. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know, it just kind of makes sense if I come up to you and say, "Hey, man, I own your dog." You're going to say, prove it. It just makes sense, right? Yeah. If I come up here out of the blue and say, you owe me money, you're going to send me a letter that says, prove it. So what would be um, good proof of... A vehicle, like the bill of sale, title, um, the receipt. Um, yeah, well, you're probably going to be deregistering it. So there, I don't know what that really means with the title, except that they don't hold the title. I'm not sure. I'm guessing if you deregister it, there would be no title, but I'm not exactly sure about that. Oh, yeah, that was for a different uh, case um, for approving ownership of the vehicle. Exhibit A would be, like, the title, and then Exhibit B would be bill sale or vice versa, the other way around, I mean. But the thing is, when you register your car or when you register the vehicle, then what you're doing is you're getting a title from the DMV 
So if the title, if, if the DMV titled you, that means they own the car and you just have a right to use their car. So basically what you're doing is saying, you don't own my car. You don't give me permission for my car. It's mine. Would you ha so you'd have to deregister first and then claim for it? Well, I would do it at the same time. It's my, I'm, it's my property. I'm deregistering it. Well, basically, I'm deregistering my property. It's pretty clear. Well, see, my my vehicle got taken away a few years ago, though, so... Yeah, if you want the practice, go for it. If not, I don't know, was the, was the piece of shit really worth it? Kind of. Well, if it is, if if it's worth it to you and you want the practice, go for it. It was just kind of way that they, the way that they did it was kind of just messed up. I just kind of, <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing at the time, like in court. <laughs> Pretty much uh, what Carl told me to do was they didn't have uh, – they might have had jurisdiction over defendant's property, but they didn't have um, control and authority over and jurisdiction over I, a man, Richard's property. And I was going to have to write a letter, letter to the judge. Yeah, but the man owns nothing. Everything's in the legal name, which was the defendant. So there was no such thing as a man in their courtroom that day. They labeled a legal person as a defendant and dragged the defendant in there. And they have full control over the defendant. So I can still make a claim for the property, can I? Yep. Yeah, you can correct the mistake and say that you weren't the defendant. I had a brain yeah. fart, but I just realized that I wasn't the defendant. Yeah, it took me four years to figure it out. But you know, <laughs> they 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 helped me out though. You know what I mean? They they shaped me up pretty well, pretty good. Send him a letter. You guys are pretty sneaky, but I know what you did. <laughs> no, exactly, dude. Like, they, when I went up there, they're like, what is this guy doing back here? Like, you know, I'm looking through the case file. I'm writing down names, writing down stuff. I'm looking through the case file. There's, like, confidential stuff in there. I'm still looking through it. And they're just like, you know, this is, like, over four years ago or three or two years ago, three years ago, something like that. I'm like, yeah, I know. But there's no time limit on, you know, a man making a claim. You know? Yeah, I wouldn't even say that. I would just say, oh, I'm just thinking about correcting a mistake. Well, yeah, I was just kind of saying that there was, you know, for people who think that there's a time limit on when, you know, a man can make a claim because... I'm not going to tell them that it was three years ago, but, you know, 
I still remember. And it still happened, and they still did it. I just never get... The judge ordered it to be done, and I let her do it, so, you know, now I can give her the bill. Yeah, the judge was laughing on the inside. More money for the state. Oh, dude, you, you wouldn't believe it. They had articles in the paper of how much money they made from taking people's vehicles away that year. <laughs> and Nothing like town of, in your face. Town of 15,000, 20,000 people. Oh, and I'm kind of excited about that one. I just have to hurry up and get it done. I just wanted to keep learning as much as I could and keep going and going and going and trying to, you know, knock out the little stuff first, see how that went, and now kind of keep doing my homework and keep uh, correcting mistakes. Yeah, I think just about every situation is potentially good practice, but just be careful you don't open an old can of worms and hurt yourself. Right, if it's already water under the bridge, it's done and over with. There's no sense in getting yourself thrown in jail over it. But if it's something small or something easy, or you feel you've got enough research and experience behind you, doesn't hurt to get a little more practice, a little more experience. But just make sure you don't shoot off your mouth and get contempt or end up making a false claim. Don't go leaning up judges and prosecutors and all kinds of stupid stuff and get yourself in trouble. <laughs> I've been hearing about stuff like that. <laughs> I was listening to a lot of Bill Thornton and how, you know, court etiquette and been studying a lot of that stuff. Just filling in the blanks there, too, you know, listening to what Bill has to say, but then filling in the blanks with a little bit of Carl's method with property and man, you know, in place of sovereign and that crap, free men. Yeah, there's definitely lots of things to practice. Yeah, dectacloid judgment is a hypothetical case with facts to see how a judge would rule not binding. Tomahawk. Yeah, so like you could send a copy of it to the prosecutor and say, I just asked the judge how he would rule if this were going on. He said he would rule this way. 
So do you really want to go through with this, knowing a judge already said how he would how he would rule on it? I have a rough idea of what it is. I just, I've never done it. Yeah, I've been reading a, a little bit into it too. But see, if I was approaching it as a man and not wanting to play in their game at all, I wouldn't go through the declar declaratory judgment process and be filing paperwork into their court and all that other nonsense. I would want to uh, do everything completely private. Just send the letter to the judge then, right? Mm, not to the judge, probably to the prosecutor. What about the magistrate? Yeah, but how is that private? Yeah. You can't you can't go out into the public to settle something in the private. Well, just to ask for his opinion on you know whether or not there's yeah, a cause for the ticket. I don't know if they're obligated to answer you if it's just a man a man sending a letter to another man. I'm not sure if they would answer you or not. Isn't there somebody, somebody said that there's like the magistrates are there for our protection or something? Because if the courthouses are there for us, shouldn't there be somebody in the courthouse who kind of like the head manager of the building or something? Yeah, the building manager, chief magistrate. Who would that be? That would be the, the head judge, right? Yes. So if well, I send up, I guess, yeah. So if I send him a, a letter, I could technically ask him a question. If it ha well, see, hmm. yeah, he just can't be involved in the case. Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't mention your case specifically for sure. I wouldn't label myself as a defendant or a plaintiff. I wouldn't refer to the man or woman as a chief magistrate or a building manager. It's like, really, what is their job there? What's their, you know, duties as that of the court? Well, uh, chief magistrate's got all kinds of duties hearing cases, making sure other judges are doing their jobs, making sure the staff in the filing office are doing their job, making sure the security guards are doing their job. Right, she's managing the building. So, well, he or she is managing the building. So there's a bunch of jobs that come with managing the building. One of them, as chief judge, is to train and monitor their, the other judges. And then the building manager has 
somebody who's in charge of them, right? Oh yeah. And that, that would be off. that would be somebody at perhaps the attorney general's office, maybe secretary of state. Uh, depends on the situation. Maybe the governor. And those are who you would send letters to if they weren't accepting uh, your case that you were trying to file, right? Yeah, if you if you're yeah, trying to file a claim and the clerk of the court is um, interfering with your right to access the court, you could either write a letter or speak to the building manager. Or another trick is. Uh, put the attorney general's office on speed dial and go in there. And when she says, Oh, I'm not accepting this and be polite and say, well, what's wrong with it? If she says, Oh, it doesn't follow the rules of civil procedure. Then you could politely ask, well, what obligates a man to follow rules of civil procedure? And if they give you a hard time, just whip your phone out, hit speed dial, get the attorney general's office on the line. Just say, yeah, I'm at such and such a courthouse and I'm talking to, excuse me, ma'am, what's your name? Oh, Betty here. And uh, she's interfering with my right to access the court. And then just put it on speakerphone and let whoever's at the attorney general's office tell that lady to file it and frickin' now. Because if the, somebody at the attorney general's office orders that clerk to file it, she's going to file it. Well, I was kind of wanting to go into the courthouse. I was kind of upset that I missed court on Friday. I was really looking forward to going in there. <laughs> There'll be plenty of court days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you like court that much, just go and sit and watch other people uh, get sent up the river. <laughs> I feel too bad. I'd want to tell them. <laughs> just sit behind the defendant and every time they say something stupid go jackass <laughs> be part of the act oh you didn't get the notice So, um, basically, I think he, he, he made me an offer. Is that, um, because that was part of the administrative remedies, right? Um, because that's kind of a form of relief. 
Almost. Well, did you did you speak to him man to man? Um. When? When he made the deal. Um. Yeah, I think I conditionally accepted. I didn't accept it. Well, if you were speaking to a man-to-man, that was in private. It was outside of court. Yep. That was over the phone. Mm-hmm. So that, yeah, that's... <laughs> See, that's the point, though, is uh, settling with the man so you don't have to go to court. If he offers you a plea deal, you like the plea deal, take it in private. Don't go to court. Or just go to court and say, we've already worked this out. But I guess he already said there's no need for court. It's all private. So if he's putting it on paper and there doesn't seem to be any tricks, I would say it's good. Yeah, he's he's already threw a signature on the paper for me for a couple times already too. I went in there trying to get something um <laughs> with the time on it, but I didn't really know how to say, you know, timestamp or anything like that. So, I just made him sign it and put the time and date himself. That he got the letter. Yeah, signature's good, or write the time on it or whatever, but uh, they might also have a a received stamp where it says received and it has the date. Yeah. How many stamps do they have? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, like one. Yeah, I've never heard of any of those different kinds of things. Yeah, most, uh, I would say most, if not all, government offices have a received stamp. Like when you go to the bank, they always have received stamps. They have endorsement stamps and all kinds of things. You got a stamp? Do I? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I've never actually used them for anything official, but I have... uh, Long time ago, I made a, I got a stamp made up, um, private and confidential, and I got another one made up not for public filing, but I learned a little more and realized that they were useless. There's no point in having a rubber stamp that has a word on it when I have a pen or a marker and I can just write the word myself. If I make a copy of something, I don't need a stamp that says copy. I can just write copy. So I guess making a rubber stamp was a waste of money. But it's okay if my daughter wants to play bank or store clerk or something one day. Rubber stamps are fun for kids.
Hello? Did we lose Mike? Hi. No, he muted himself. Hey, I'm back. Did you do? Flush the toilet? No, I, uh, <laughs> my phone shuts off every two hours. No worries. Oh, that was mine, does too. Yeah, I never had a phone that did this before, and it pisses me off so much. Yeah, a newer one? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It doesn't always do it, but it does it, I don't know, probably 80% of the time. Yeah, Brian's phone cuts off at two hours exactly, like right on the dot. Two hours hits and it shuts off immediately. Anybody else have anything to talk about? No, I'm good. Searching Google. What's that? Um, searching through Google. <sighs> For a cause of action. Necessarily. Information. Hey, Terry, have you read anything in the Ontario Codes about common law? Uh, I don't remember what I was looking at. I think it was... Courts of Justice Act or something. I remember a long time ago reading stuff about common law, but it didn't really make much sense to me back then. Uh, yes, there are some of those things in there. They're peppered in here and there. Yeah, I remember reading a few things back in the day, and I didn't quite understand what it meant, and I never went back to reread it. I'm pretty oh, sure it was the Courts of Justice Act. Yeah, well, that's an Ontario statute. Um, I'm finding that a lot of the statutes for Ontario 
do not include uh, any individuals or natural persons or, or man anywhere. It's all persons. Just kind of ridiculous. And even in the human human rights code, it's all persons, all of it, mm -hmm. except for one clause in the preamble where it says, you know, the the human rights code is in in accordance with the, uh, the United Kingdom's Bill of Rights. And then when you go into the UK Bill of Rights, you know, then they have different wording, and they don't mention person pretty much anywhere in there. So it depends on what you what you want to do and what you want to uh, how far you want to chase the rabbit down the hole. But when you go into specifics, like I'm realizing that you know to to attack a court decision in some sort of appeal, and even if I'm going at it to attack one word, you know you can there, there's a ton of stuff that you can add as exhibits. To uh, to clarify the situation, basically uh, explain yourself. Technically, I want to keep my appeal really short, but I want lots of exhibits. So I've been doing lots of searching in that regard. Not only is it my belief, here's some case law, here's some you know st statutes, charter rights, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Well, technically. If you wanted, you could hammer them with the BNA Act, the Royal Proclamation. You could go back to the Magna Carta, and pretty much anything you want. It's all still enforced. It's all still enforced today. That is correct. Yeah, but but the interesting thing too is that you know, if you could if you could learn to to decrypt that damn charter and how it's written. Some of it only, only involves persons. And some of it involves everyone. Oh, yeah, <laughs> everyone. <laughs> well, everyone has one word. Yeah. And, because, and it's because the char it, it is a charter. You can't treat the charter in the same respect as, say, like a, a, a legal statute. The charter needs to be interpreted uh, broadly, and it has to incorporate every sense of the word to uh, uh, to be in effect. Because then again, you can't let lawyers attack the damn charter; they they, they just can't do it. It would create a huge problem. It freaking it took 50 years for for Ontario for Canada to even agree on what should be in a constitution. And unlike the constitution in the United States, our constitution gave rise in 1982. It's very, relatively young. So before that, well, you're going back to the laws of ancient. When did the... Um When did the Constitution Act come out? The Charter came out in 82, right? Yes. 1867. The, the British North America Act? 
Is that the same as the Constitution Act, just a different name? Well, Constitution, well, like I said, it's been, uh, the, the Charter is like a whole grouping of a whole bunch of different uh, acts, which includes the, you know, the current Constitution Act, and then you got the uh, British and North America Act, and you got various other ones that have been amended and applied and kind of stuck together as one entire document. So it's a bit of deciphering, but when was the um, the royal Pro- the royal proclamation? Wasn't that like thirty two or thirty three? Proclamation of what? The Royal Proclamation by uh, King George the Sixth, I think. I think maybe in thirty-one. I'm not entirely sure what what that proclamation. Uh, what what happened in that proclamation? That's of note. I don't really remember. Like, when I first started studying law, I read a whole bunch of acts, and it was all gibberish to me. There was only bits and pieces I could kind of figure out. Yeah. Like, obviously, I went and checked out 32 and 52 of the charter. Thanks, Dean. (laughs) 32 and 52. Yeah, the one where they can't abrogate or abridge the rights or whatever, and they can't construct or construe any laws, whatever. They can't construct or construe any laws to abrogate or abridge somebody of their rights. I don't know who. And uh, the other one is basically government rules apply to government. If I'm acting in my private capacity, they can't drag me into uh, an office of the government. Yep. That's protected by the, the freedom of association. You're free to associate with who you choose. If I do not wish to be a government agent, you can't force me. Yeah, the unlimited capacity to contract also means the uh, the absolute ability to not contract. Yep. Um... The uh, the freedom of belief too is really good. Um, that means we get to create our own laws because we have our own beliefs. You gotta love creating your own laws. It's really good. How is that? You know how how am I interfering with another man's rights? You know, you know if if my law is you know. I get to uh, drink five cups of coffee in the day. You know, who are you to interfere? You know what I mean? Yep. Depends on where you want to go with it. Like, there's all kinds of stuff. Like, if you interpret it very broadly, it covers a whole bunch of things. I also found the... Uh, 
the denial of paperwork is also protected in the chart. Uh, well, let me pull it up real quick, see what section Spark and read it. Did you ever look at the interpretation all at the interpretation act at all yet? Yes. Some interesting stuff in there, hey. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.